XM 105, Sirius 206, the Opie and Anthony Channel. The Ron and Fez Show starts right now. Our buddies, it's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. And here in the Northeast over the three-day weekend, it honestly felt like summer just arrived. Yeah, I didn't fucking, I tried not to leave air conditioning the entire time. It was just, the humidity's disgusting. Just being out on the street today... (laughs) It's summer. It's just summer again. Titties are out. That's all I'm saying. It's New York. It's summertime, baby. Maybe we should start sharking before the show. <laughs> Do a little bit quick sharking. <laughs> I know Pips is down with that. Oh, Pips loves it. Uh, Pips, you're shooting video, and I'm completely out of it. And then later, I say to the bosses, I'm offended myself. <laughs> You said you like those videos, man. I'm just doing what you told me to do. No. No. See, I worry about this fucking kid. No. No. This kid's a fucking rat over here. Yeah, don't drop dimes, Pips. What the fuck are you doing here? What are you from Brooklyn? When did you become a fucking cheese eater? Hey, man, I do what Pepper tells me to do, Ron. See, that's a fucking... Yeah, exactly. Don't drop dimes. So, do that. Yeah, that's true. 
Fucking Pepper's making up his own little army. <laughs> and I'm saying how it's going. No army. Army training, sir. I don't worry. I got somebody behind me 100%. I got you, Ronnie B. Sam. I know that. Sam. Sam? Yeah, I'm doing his show. Why don't you like come you, in and do a little sports? Come on, it's a fun time. It's good. Uh, because fucking Dave jinxed the Sixers, so fuck Jesus. him. Every time that he pulls for a Philly team, they're as good as dead. I swear to God, he's such a schlep rock. And if he pulls for a New York team, they win. And I think that's the only difference. Sometimes it's how it goes. I don't know if it's going to stick to his boy. own fucking area code. All right, it is the Ron Fez show. The big story up on the iBank today, on the IB wire, has got to be the gay face-eating zombie from Miami who they're now blaming bad acid on. Now, here's what happens. People will just accept this and go, oh, yeah, he was eating acid, so he started eating another person's face. They also say he get they get superhuman strength from this bad acid. It does. It, it sounds like fucking angel dust that they're smoking dust, not eating fucking acid. But do you think that there is a drug in the history of the world that you could do and end up eating somebody's face? No, I just don't believe it. This if you're a fucking face eater, maybe it'll come out in you. But I don't think you could take a normal person, give them that, and then they start eating face. Ate the guy's fucking eyeballs, his nose, his entire fucking face. 75% of his face Jesus. has been eaten. And they were laying naked. Like a couple of fucking, you know. I mean, these weren't like fucking banshees, you know what I mean? No. We're not talking about Viking guys. Uh, 75% of his face. Just laying down the side. <laughs> laying there naked. Now, again... The cops, I know that you want to have a fucking reason. Like, say what I tell you. You eat some pills and this is going to happen to you. I just don't think that there's a drug made that can turn somebody into a face-eating zombie. No, it's fucking... It's now, why were they naked together? Was it mutual love, son love? I think they, they blamed that on the acid, too, because apparently the super acid, the zombie acid... So they were eating acid together. I, yeah, that's what it seems like. This is what you do to your trip partner. You start eating his face. And they reference someone else taking their clothes off because they were on acid, like, a, a couple months ago. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of fucking sense. <laughs> and then the cop says, it's like there's a, a fucking furnace inside their body, so they have to take their fucking clothes off. How does he know? It's I, Miami. I don't think for a fucking second... That they want us to know the true story of this. <laughs> they don't want us to know that this is zombie. Gay face-eating zombies, which, do me a favor, A, hashtag that. B, fucking get that ready, because that's going to be the name of the new movie I'm shooting. Oh, my. Oh, that's going to be a dope movie. Yeah, straight it is. from the headlines. It is. Like Law & Order does. Um... James, in Utah, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, glad to have you guys back. Hope you had a great weekend. Yeah. Ronnie, I tried for five hours the other day and finally got through to Market Molly's to wish him a happy birthday from Utah. Well, that's very nice, you. Um, they were probably our little practical joke went a little too far, particularly when the bakers ran in the middle of the night and the replay fucking ran. We never even <laughs> thought of that. 
And then, uh, Pep, I guess you used it as a weekend best that, of? That came in on the weekend, yeah. Yeah, so that fucking yeah. rang all weekend. Yeah. So nobody could get orders in, I was told, the entire weekend. Oh, no. And I said simply, blame it on Pepper and his fucking lackey, Pips. Oh, he's no lackey. Oh, he's uh, he's a lackey. <laughs> hey. He, Happy he should birthday. be wearing one of those black T-shirts with just a word on it, like the fucking Joker's guys <laughs> used to do. Um, all right, eight six six Ron zero Fez, eight six six Ron zero Fez. You're going uh, PCP with this, Pepper. You're not saying it's acid at all. It sounds like this. These guys got really dusted. That's a th- even then. I don't think that there's an angel dust so powerful that you tear somebody's fucking face off with your teeth and start chewing it. Yeah, more, most likely you'll just be punching someone in the face, get a little violent. Someone told me, and I, well, I don't even want to get into it, but some guy I know that fucking killed somebody. And they said that after he killed this person, he put a hose in him. Um, I think he was trying to get the blood out of him. And he thought the hose would, would fucking... I don't know. I just fucking went... My name is Paul. When I heard that fucking story, don't go leaking that back this way. But um, I guess it's not a terrible idea. It was a million years ago. Okay. And, you know, it was very unexpected. Oh, okay. So, like, the whole thing just seemed to be a misunderstanding. So sure. maybe, if I'm going to believe anything, it has to do with some kind of dust or PCP. I de- Look, look at this. How many fucking shows, fish shows, has there been? Everybody's tripping. Do you ever hear a murmur? Hey, they're eating faces over there. Oh, don't go over behind the fucking um, the shit house. They're eating faces. No cannibalism that I've heard of. Thank at you. A, at a fish or even a mo show. Um, Sean, you're on the run of fish show. Hey, how you doing, boys? Welcome back. Good. Hi. Hey, Pepper. Yeah. What's How's up? Long weekend, buddy. I've been waiting. I need. I need to know. Yeah, it was good. Tell me about it. I got fucking well, liquored up. It was great. I well, believe it, dude. That's what I wanted to hear. Tell me some stories. Why What is? <laughs> why are you li- living through Pepper? Well, it's maybe a little more exciting than my life, Ronnie. What am I going to tell you? I can't tell you how dull his drinking is. <laughs> it's kind of just, yeah, just fucking gang hammered, waiting until I fucking pass out. It's not super exciting. Yeah, it's not like he's fun guy running around town yeah. going into clubs in the middle of the night. No, it's dive bars. Or the fucking goddamn beer garden in Astoria, if I want to class it up. It's fucking Bukowski on a bad night. <laughs> um, Look, I ain't anybody's face, dude, all right? I don't think anybody believes that's asset behind that. I just don't. It doesn't make any sense. This is the, the guy's already fucking nuts. You're already crazy if you're eating someone's fucking face. All right, somebody wrote on the site they think it's bath salts. <laughs> Bath salts. Another person said, even worse, I heard the guy who was babysitting say he had to get home to take his pot roast out of the oven. That wasn't a pot roast. It was a fucking turkey. And that turkey was the baby. Oh, no. Lay off the fucking bath salts, dude. Um, I thought those, those things got fucking banned anyway. Everyone, it was like popular for a few months, and then fucking FDA cracked down on that shit. Well, it wasn't even, you know, it's bath salt. I don't even know if you can get rid of it. <laughs> 
That's like you crazy. couldn't get rid of Clorox if people started hiding on it. I know fucking I know a fucking kid who just who really got into bath salts. I was like, there's other drugs I've known you've done that probably better for you. They said this <laughs> cop, by the way, who came up on the face eating gay zombie yeah. in Miami, was just like, while he was shooting, was just like, oh, like so appalling. Like he's like, I don't know. Well, he's, I don't even know if I want to fucking be a cop anymore. Fuck no. He's looking at some gay fucking zombie eating some dude's face, and then he has to stare at the dudes whose face was eaten. As many times as we've tried to pull him in with this, he will not jump into the show today. Four fucking times we tried to bait. Um, let's uh, yeah. go over to Joker. You're on my Fez. Yeah, hey, Ronnie. I I hate to do this on your show, but I, I've got to know, is, is Davy Mac Sports Program going to even be on anymore after what they did this last weekend? What happened? What did I do last weekend? What the oh, fuck? Oh, jeez. They started singing the KKKKKKK song, and all kinds of people got up in arms over it. There was all kinds of people. What are you guys? You guys are with the KKK now? No, we're not with the KKK. It sounds like you're with the fucking KKK. We're not in the KKK. Dave Mac Sports Program loves all races. Then why are you singing songs about the KKK? I honestly forgot we did that. Uh, drunk? No, no, sober. I, I, I don't go on fucking drunk. Fuck no. Hold on. I got it. Text Rob yeah. Cross. Yeah. Why, and just let them know him? tons of complaints about weekend programming. Oh, uh, what? What? No. One guy? One yeah. One guy's? One guy's tons. That's the only feedback I've ever got on your show. So I'm oh. going to have to call it 100% of the listeners offended by KKK show. One guy seems offended. Yes. 100% of your listeners. No, there's more than in one. In a poll. There's more than one. No, in a poll. There's lots of listeners. Um, Mike Montana, you're on Fez. Hey, Ronnie B. Good morning. Hey, I once ate a bunch of birth control uh, pills on acid because I thought they were Tic Tacs, but never face. <sighs> I don't know. I just don't fucking. I just can't believe that it's fucking acid. I refuse to believe. Yes, it's too fun. I've eaten too much of it. I haven't eaten anyone. Have you seen any pictures that they have out there? I haven't seen the pictures yet. I'm kind of afraid to see this eyeless freak with no skin on his face. Yeah, I don't want to see that, and I don't want to see the attacker. Fucking mouthful of oh. uh, fucking flesh-eating. Fucking face skin. Uh, let's go over here. Um, Dan, Albany, you're on my face. Yeah, Ronnie. I heard AMC's really going all out promoting the next season of The Walking Dead. I only wish this was promotions. This is all too real, dude. And now we have to fucking deal with these people walking around. I don't know who's next. Everyone's been talking uh, about the zombie apocalypse. Now it's fucking started. Alright, somebody tells me that Opie has a an RT up on his Twitter of the thing, but I don't think I can look at it. Oh, boy. You look at it for me. Okay. Turn off my fucking monitor. Turn down all monitors. Okay. Tell me if it's Perfect. not so bad that I can't fucking look. All right. Find this tweet. Uh, Steve, you're on the run of Fez show. Ronnie, you're the man. Pepper Hicks. You're Hi. Cool. 
Fezzi, mm, not so much. Anyway, uh, that, a bad story day. That, <laughs> said, that story that Pepper Hicks was just talking about, the other story about the super acid, it was about uh, two MMA fighters that were hanging out on the West Coast, and uh, I guess they got their hands in that stuff, and one guy ends up cutting his friend's heart out and putting it in the oven and cooking it because he thought it was the devil. Those fucking dudes would have done that anyway, though. That had nothing to do with the drugs. That was just them being fucking weird. That's yeah. all. Acid is the best, man. I've probably taken over 200, 200 plus hits in my day. Did you ever get part? the taste for flesh? <laughs> you know, one time I was up in SUNY Purchase and I thought I was on the Matrix because I took too much acid. SUNY Purchase, I baby. Of, I beat up a bunch of cops. Pepper, you remember that one? Wait, you're that guy? What yeah, did he do? It's Steve-O, remember? Oh, That's shit, yeah, 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 all right. Uh, what I know happened? This, I know this guy, yeah, he all fucked right. up a bunch of cops. <laughs> it was fucking wild. Well, what, what brought it on? Acid. Ronnie, we, we, uh, yeah, we ate too much acid up there. It was over summer sessions, and uh, we were playing some Matrix video game. Next thing I know, I swear to God, I think I'm in the Matrix. I think, like, that real life, it doesn't exist, and that fucking the security on, on the campus was, like, they were, like, the agents or whatever. So I get pulled a fire alarm. I think everybody's got my back. I think the fucking revolution's going down. The cops show up and it starts fucking wailing on these motherfuckers. It takes like four or five of them to take me down. So I'm screaming fucking Morpheus, Morpheus. So oh, Jesus. You know what, dude? I honestly think you had a breakthrough. I think for finally once you saw the fucking truth. And they talk you back out of it. Here's our buddy Arch. Arch, you're running fast. So I guess this uh, chewing his face is like when you go to the deli and you get the ham and they slice it too thick. It must be the same consistency. See, I, I, they say that ham is very much like fucking human flesh. Mm. And that's why we love it so. Yeah, I, I don't fucking mind. Yeah. Um, I can't stand a big hunk of fucking ham, though. Like thin sliced ham, I'm fine with. Oh, yeah, different but parts like of those fucking boiled hams that they lay out, you might as well be eating a fucking human person. Um, Brian, you're on the Ronnie Fest show. Ronnie B, what up? Yeah. Hey, uh, did you catch uh, USA laying the smackdown on Scotland? She just crushed him. Landon Donovan had trick and should have had fucking four. But that Michael Bradley score might have been the greatest fucking goal in U.S. history. That was beautiful. What do you think of the new uh, jerseys? I like it. It's a Where's Waldo thing. You can't really read the numbers. I think it's fucking smart. I like it. I like it. I think they just need to pick one jersey and keep it. You know what I mean? No, I, I like the fact that we don't know who we are yet. Wait until we fucking win something big, and then we'll be like, that's our lucky jersey. But we're not there yet. But our jerseys now, it looks like, I don't know, like Yale 1890. It's just a weird, old-school look. Uh, look who it is. It's Andy from Cleveland. Attack of the face-eating homo. Attack of the face-eating homo. He's here. He's here. He's queer. The face-eating homo. I think if he was actually gay, it wouldn't have been the face he was eating. Uh, there he is. He came in. You finally... What would it take? Six things? Still doing it today. <laughs> Just as we got out of it the other day. Just to see if it would change. And it doesn't. Um, let's go over here, Jim Albany. Hey, uh, hey, Fezzi, is it, is it the fact that there's gay face-eating zombies out there, the reason you're not dating? It is something that has scared Fez before he believes the amount of attacks in the, uh, 
in the gay world. Um, but that uh, the story is up on the iBank today on the IB oh. wire. Uh, bad LSD. Oh, what they are blaming. Oh God, these pictures. You don't want to. You don't want to. Good. Don't show them to me. They're fucked up. Now it wasn't. It wasn't uh, on Opie's Twitter. I look for it. I did. All right. All right. Turn. I just saw it, man. Oh. You were supposed to have the fucking front off. I is so fucking disgust. That's real. Yeah, that's real. That's that's fucked, man. <sighs> oh God. Oh. oh. I wish I could unsee that. I feel like I'm gonna vomit. We're gonna bang it. We're gonna put it up on the eye bang, and I will not be looking. Oh fuck! What are you a fucking baby? You can't make it as an EMT anymore. It's getting rough. How out many there. times have you ever <laughs> talked to EMTs? They try to tell you that story about the guy getting a blowjob and he fucking hits the fucking tree and his dick gets bit off. <laughs> I'm like, did this happen in every fucking town in America? Yeah. Then, what do you fucking EMTs just love to lie? That's the same thing as my my buddy fucking ate acid and became an orange or a ar cup of orange juice or whatever the fuck. I swear, EMTs have sworn to me that it's a fucking true story. All right. I don't know about that. Dude, never get a blowjob while you're driving. If that was true, with the fucking internet the way it is, that would fucking go immediately on the top of every fucking website. It would fucking blow up. So you EMTs are fucking lying. Those pictures are fucked up. I'm not even looking. We're going to put it up on the iBang now. Oh. Um, JP, you're in run of Hey, Ronnie B, a million bucks. Hey, uh, on that note, uh, a paramedic for 11, almost 12 years, I've never had that blowjob thing happen. So oh, I don't that, know what that tells you. That's good. Then you're careful when you blow people. <laughs> um, at one point during my trials and tribulations as a medic here in this great city, uh, we, we had a, a call. We went into it, naked guy in the bed, um, complaining of headaches. Something was, something was in his head. Something was in his head. Apparently, unbeknownst to us, he was gacked out big time. He proceeded to take a box cutter, cut from temple to temple horizontally, and started to peel back his scalp with his hair to show oh. us what was in his head. Um, he got about a quarter halfway down off his head, and, and we... Got the fuck out of there, obviously. But it was an interesting, interesting day. So this is just him fucking coming down off a coke thing. Uh, he was actually living with his mother. His mother called. His, her son wasn't <laughs> acting right. We walked in. He was sitting Indian style in his bed, and he was covered in sweat. Like his bed had a puddle of sweat. Oh in it. god! And uh, he, he, you know, he looked obviously not right, but he didn't look like he was as gacked out as he was. You know, he just looked like he was all fucked up in the head. But, you know, the, the scalping thing is easy to happen. That's why the Indians used to do it. It's a very simple procedure to pull someone's scalp off. That's true. It is. And it's, you don't realize how noisy it is because as they pull back and that sinew and ligature starts to pop. Right. It's pretty crazy. It's like when you're pulling up carpet, I guess. Oh. Yeah, just, you know, the carpet doesn't get you hard. Uh, um... Let's go over here to Mick in Pittsburgh. You're on Fez. Hey, Ron. A million bucks, buddy. Yeah. Hey, I wonder if you address up that microphone like a big turgid cock, Fez, he might take an interest in All that right, thing. stop it. Come on. Tom, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, I wanted to ask you about a couple of TV shows. Are you watching uh, HBO Veep with uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus? You know, I watched it first, didn't like it, caught it a few more times, 
And I hate to say it, I'm slowly becoming a fan. It's really good. It's it's quick and incisive and funny, and everybody on it is really funny. It's yeah, they, there's a lot of ball busting, a lot of cruelty, a lot of... It almost looks like every character is like Zito, where he's trying to get closer to the guy with power <laughs> at all times. So they're all horrific. The, one of the guys there is from uh, UCB, uh, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's good. And I also wanted to ask you about the uh, other HBO show, Girls. Haven't seen it yet. You really should check it out. It's Everybody really, tells me. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, and about that microphone, and last week you were talking about killing uh, Mars. Can't somebody come in there with a can of WD-40? Seems like it would be that simple. They might even just have it here on premise. Yeah, Mars says he just doesn't like to work. And that's what I'll, keeps I'll come in and do it for you. Um, I think Mars must have some kind of secret on Opie. It's got to be something that doesn't make any sense at all to the rest of us. <laughs> he saw Opie do something. All right. Or he saved a member of Opie's family. Something happened. He pulled the thorn out of Opie's fucking paw. But come on. Come on. It's a fucking squeak party. Come on. Come on, man. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. All right, the pictures are up. Now, Hicks, turn off my monitor, and I want you to turn on the pictures there on the iBang. Okay. And explain to me what you're looking at. All right. Long up now. Extremely graphic and not safe for work. Are they as bad as you initially thought? Server juice. The pictures of the face bitten off up on the eye bang. Tr seems to be handling it perfectly. Not a problem at all. No, because it's not... Oh. It's like... Was it a boat accident? Was it a boat accident? It's The guy doesn't have a face anymore. You mean that in a good way or bad way? Oh! What is fuck. it? What is it, Pep? I can't understand. All right. Apparently this guy was... Just look of, at it. Point. I don't want... Point like you were really bad. touching it. I wish people... Oh, fuck! I wish people could hear wincing. Because Fez... Shit. Because his fucking face right now just looks like a puckered asshole. Christ. It's, I guess he had a beard at one point. I don't know. I don't know. I won't look at these pictures. And there's no eye sockets. No. And that oh. came from teeth. Oh. <coughs> I don't want to look at this anymore. Keep looking at no. it. No. All right. There's literally no skin. Explain to it me. It looks like there's... They said 75% of the face. It has to be more than that because there's... Well, he had double uh, chins and those were fine. <sighs> there's just... Now, would there be there's any... No mouth. There's no fucking mouth in this fucking picture. Would there be any drug that could make a person do that? I just think you have to be a zombie. How long was he eating this guy's face for? There's nothing there. There's just a fucking red crevice. Would you say that it looks like the turkey like four days after Thanksgiving? Oh. Where for some reason no one's thrown out the carcass? Worse. By the way, are we still calling our band Red Crevice? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, 
from Astoria, Queens, and New York City. <laughs> the heavy metal gods, Red it looks like there might be an eye there, but I'm not sure. It, there's just a fucking <laughs> hole. Eat your face. It's up on the eye bang. I won't look at it. So anyone who has any complaints about this, it's your own fault because I'm not going to look at it. He doesn't have any ears anymore. It's fucking face. Do you think Dexter's going to work this into their fucking show? They have to. And when people watch Dexter, they're like, that could never happen. It kind of Miami. Everything in Dexter could fucking happen in real life in Miami. What the fuck? And I'm telling you right now, as weird as you are, weirded out by this, the people in Miami are fine with it because they're used to shit like this. What the hell goes on in Miami if they're used to fucking zombies? Dude, I'm telling you, you have no fucking idea. It's, It's fucking the end times. Fucking Dade County and shit? Like, Yeah. Dade County's fucking crazy. I was watching Cocaine Cowboys over the fucking weekend. Like, if somebody doesn't like their husband, right, and yeah. wants a divorce, yeah. and they're like, oh, but I need to keep the house, they chop him into the middle of fucking pieces and feed him the fish and shit. <laughs> it's just the house. It's fucking common. There was a thing when I was down there that they were constantly finding dead bodies under fucking beds in hotel rooms. And people would be like, there's something smells in my fucking hotel room. And they would find, like, it was somebody that had checked in there, like, a month before and then got whacked. Yeah. They just got whacked in some bad dope deal and went south. Oh, Florida's fucked up. Especially the further south you get. I mean, Jacksonville's stupid, but Miami's outright fucking frightening. There's a second picture, too, of... When they're on the um, when they're on that like highway or whatever, and then the fucking zombies fucking passed out or dead fucking bleeding out, and then you just see the top of this fucking dude's head and it's just all gore, it's just fucking meat, it's meat and fucking skull. <laughs> you alright? I don't want to ever see this ever again. I wonder who got those pics. Um, oh. Joe in Florida, you're on a fez. Hey, Ronnie P. What's up, buddy? Yeah. Hey, Ronnie P. Hey, okay, so originally, okay, you're from New York City, okay, okay, you're Woodside area, but I, okay, but I moved down to Miami Beach, okay, okay, you know, 20 years ago. But right there where the face incident happened, across the street is Bicentennial Park. A lot of homeless people live in there, and then two blocks west is Overtown. That is drug central. You can cop anything you want, rocks, H, whatever you want, Manteca, whatever you want. So basically, Right there where it happened. It's right next to the Miami Herald building. You know? So you're saying it's almost like a perfect storm. There you go. There you a go. perfect storm. Uh-huh. Uh, matter right. of fact, like, matter of fact, okay, so when the uh, riots happened about, you know, uh, okay, about like 20 years ago, yeah. back then that bridge, that MacArthur Bridge, the bridge used to go up and down. So when the riots happened, they raised the bridge up so nobody from Miami could go down to Miami Beach. Right. You know? Yeah, they always want to save Miami Beach from Miami. Exactly. 
man-made island, Miami Beach. I remember there was some kind of a fucking bank truck that turned over there, and everybody <laughs> came out of fucking over to, like there was like it was free money, and they had a bunch of like those quarter things like. Um, the, the packages, holders? yeah, right, right, yeah, and people were my just fucking buying was like in the area. buying okay, everything with quarters. <laughs> yeah, okay, so my baby brother was in the area. Okay, what happened? He got two hundred dollars and took off. Sounds like fucking Black Hawk Down. It really <laughs> was. Just fucking it was. on the roof and shit. That's the best fucking thing. <laughs> And, like, there's nothing you can do once you go into their fucking area. Um, here is uh, Mike. Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, do you guys know what predictive programming is? They kind of throw something out there first to see how people react to it? Yeah, the government, the government, you know what, and people say you're a fucking nut if you believe in shit like conspiracy theory or whatever, but right. there's this thing called predictive programming. You know, you ever notice how every fucking movie, every TV show is about zombies now? And, uh, you know, the Centers for Disease Control, and you can look this shit up, man, just type it into Google. Type in CDC zombie virus. Uh, they've got a man-made virus that's airborne. They could, they could put it out in an aerosol, okay, that makes people act like fucking zombies, you know, lose their mind. Uh, there's people that say that, that, uh, McDonald's meat, okay, is ground up fucking sacrificed babies and shit. You know, okay. Pepsi Cola has fucking, uh, fetus material in there right. as a flavoring. You see, right. the, the Illuminati thinks that they can subvert people without knowing, you know, that they make the people part of the problem by, by drinking Pepsi that's got baby parts in it and shit like that. You know what I mean? Did you hear about the, the guy that was stopped in Taiwan that had capsules of fucking dried baby flesh? He had like 70,000 capsules of dried baby flesh. I mean, all kinds of gross shit's going on, man. This is predictive programming to get people used to the next fucking fake-ass terror attack. Mike, there's nobody I want to hang out with more than you, dude. You are the fucking most paranoid person ever, and yet you got me believing you. I'm telling you what, man. It ain't no bullshit. Look this shit up. There is going to... Think about this. Okay, the last attack, the terrorist attack in New York City. Yeah, you got to worry about somebody flying a fucking plane or whatever the hell happened. Nobody even fucking knows the truth, man. But... Now the next thing, the escalation, is going to have to be something that can affect everybody, not just... Some a zombie attacks. A zombie attack with an aerosol. Have you ever heard about chemtrails? You, it's too much. I'm ODing on this, dude. It's too much. It's the truth, You're bringing though, too much my way. I'm drinking a Pepsi right now, and you got me all grossed out. No! Man, that shit has baby fucking... Shit in there for flavoring. Look that up. Type in fetus material in Pepsi. That ain't no bullshit. Type in all this shit, Pepper. I'm typing. I got Google up. Now you got to put my monitor back on, though, because you're not looking at ugly face things. Ugh. Yeah, it ain't no joke, man. People need to get ready, and it ain't about having food and shit. It ain't about having water, even, because even if you've got that shit, the assholes that didn't prepare are going to come try to take your shit by force. Zombie people, you know? yeah. What are you going to do, Mike? What are you going to do when the shit hits? 
I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. I'm just going to go out with the blaze of glory. I ain't going to live on my knees, and I ain't going to no fucking FEMA camp. I can tell you that. Yeah, that's if true. I got to fight that shit out with the feds at the end of my driveway, I will. I, I just don't give a shit anymore, man. This world ain't what God had planned for us. You know what I'm saying? And there's a better place waiting, I guess, at the end. How do you know that? Know. What do you what do you uh, you type in to what to Google? Heaven, heavenly what? reward. I, I don't know if there's heaven or not, but heavenly. I don't think that I don't think that this is what. What the creator fucking had in mind is this shithole that we live in. When did you I mean, st when did you start to go sideways on everything, Mike? When did you start to really let it get fucking weird for you? Well, you know what? Yeah, I don't know. How, I just found you guys, and I listen to you now every morning. I'm a truck driver, and uh, I used to be whacked out on crystal meth. My life was all no. fucked up. And uh, you know, about ten years ago, I asked Jesus. I said, Jesus, if you're real, help me out. And it's just, it's kind of a long story, but he changed my life around just that very fucking day, and my life has been different since. And I just, I try to live as a decent person. I'm a sinner, I know that. I've got all kinds of fucking problems and issues, but, but man, I'm telling you what, I, uh, people gotta realize this, this government is, is a fraud and a sham. It is, and the guns are the last thing we got, man. The pistols are power, dude. And it's like, you, <laughs> it's the last thing we got. It's the only reason we don't have straight up martial law right now. We've got a soft, martial law. I'm a truck driver. I go through these fucking checkpoints. In Tennessee, they got that shit called the Viper Team, where they pull yeah. truckers over and they look for your, through your truck to see if you got bombs. What fucking American wants to blow up his homeland? It's such a fraud and a bullshit, man. Americans don't want to destroy the fucking country they live in. And they're trying to say that domestic terrorists, anybody that likes Ron Paul or, or believes in the Constitution is a fucking terrorist, and it's a fraud. The government's a terrorist, man. I ain't playing anymore. You've had it, dude. All right, Mike, stay in touch with us, all right, pal? Yeah, man. All right, talk to you later. later. There's Mike, uh, who basically said that this is a zombie drug that's being put out there. It's to be pumped into the air in aerosol form. Now, these zombie TV shows are so big. Gigantic. They're just fucking What's huge. the big one out there? It's, Walking uh, Dead's the big one. That one. This one that really blew the fuck don't up. Don't these people see that they're just playing right in the fucking government hand, then? People don't have the information he does. I looked up Pepsi and dead babies. Fucking there? Pepsi uses aborted babies to give the taste of it. I'm That's guessing. weird. That is fucking strange. I did not know. No, could it use for all? Could be used on all kinds of beverages or just? I think I think Pepsi has the fucking uh, lock um, on it. Diet Pepsi must be made out of preemies. Oh, that's so cute. I mean, I know it's sad. It's very preemies, but they're just my favorite babies. But they're so I, sick. I know, but I like to keep one in like a sneaker and just say, that's oh. your little room. That's your bedroom. It should be like in one of those incubators, not a shoe. Hmm? Preemies should, should be getting help, not hanging out in a shoe. I know, but I'm saying it because they're cute. <sighs> they're really just sad and sickly. You're never going to grow up by you. You're never going to grow up on me. That's right. Your head's never going to shape properly, is it, preemie? Who's a preemie girl? Who's my preemie girl? That preemie can have a long life ahead of it. Uh, Lee, you're on Ronda Fez. Lee. Hey, Ron. Uh, listen, Mike is the man. I want to subscribe to his newsletter, and I'm hoping you just found your next co-host, because I heard you were shopping around. I do like the fact that Mike doesn't go fucking tiptoeing in. Mike's all about it. He puts his shit out there, right or wrong. He's got He's got it down. Chad, Callie, you're on a fez. Hey, yeah, I'm not, I'm not uh, quite on the level as, as Mike, but I will support him. And uh, I just saw an article um, 
probably a couple weeks ago in China where they uh, confiscated shitloads of capsules that had actually, they were made of human baby fetuses. So just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, it's real. What do they do that for in China? They think it's good for you? It's uh, like uh, Red Bull, basically. Makes you st- it's a stimulant. <laughs> it makes it's gotta you be good for you when you think about it. Uh, what they do is they take the bait, the, they take aborted fetuses from China, put them in microwaves to dry them out, and then crush them up in the pills. Hmm. And sell them to the, sell that to the South Koreans. Hmm. What do you say? That's terrible. I haven't tried it. James, you're on the Run Fed Show. Let's not eat babies. Yeah. Yeah. Run. Uh, about that uh, drug, I, I read an article last week on Michael Savage, uh, you know, his homepage, and it was about the Colombians. They have this thing, they call it the devil's breath. It's, yeah, uh, we well, talked about it yeah, on the air, but we're not going to believe it until we can see it. Yeah, the Vice guys never actually ate it. The fact that the Vice guys didn't eat it fucking really bummed me out. Yeah, I, I was fucking annoyed by it. I was like, come on, dogs. Who's what? You guys going to rape each other? Just give it one guy. See if he does what you tell him to do. Matt, you're on the run of face show. Yeah, I just want to say thank you for not hanging up on Mike there, Ryan. I like people that have a definitive point of view, and they want to get out there and express themselves. Now, Mike, he had a lot of places he was going, but he went to every single one of them. And he fucking believes totally in this fucking Pepsi fucking fetus shit zombie virus. He threw up the Illuminati. I haven't heard those about those guys in a while. Or yeah, that's been that. they've been under uh, undercover. Bilderberg, whatever. Uh, here's a weird uh, thing to send. This is up on the iBank today. This is a strange story. Uh, it's actually kind of shocking that with the vets that are coming back from Iraq, uh, as we are saying to them, "Thank you for your service." Ultimate sacrifice. Almost 50% of them are on some kind of disability. Almost 50% of them are on mental or physical disabilities right now. So every fucking dude, every other dude coming back is just pilled up. Or or physical. That's fucking terrible. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that story doesn't get more fucking, you know... Smoke. You think that that would have people up and talking. But you know what they're talking about. Did you see what's happened on American Idol? The Chinese girl finished second. She lost, yeah. She should have won. Um, Dave, you're on the run of face show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, really, big ups for letting old Mike get it all out there. Mike, you're dead on. You better fucking repent, buddy. Get back to God, because this shit's going down. Every fucking word that guy said was true. Um, you know, let me just say something to you, Dave. How do you know? Uh, you... There's, there's been way too much information put out on it, Ronnie. Well, what and kind of information? Everything everything that guy said. I mean, I ain't going to repeat everything he said, but he, yeah. he, he chipped off a good, good corner of what's going down. But how do you ju- how do you, how do you you run that into faith? Uh, well, because we're pretty much headed down a prophesized road. Uh, it's all been written, and it's all coming true. Uh, you can go back to the 40s with the creation of Israel. Uh, that pretty much kicked off this timeline we're in. 
Everybody always likes to tie Israel in with it, don't what's, they? What's Israel have to do with zombie virus? A zombie virus, it shows up a lot. A lot, dude. Zombie, Zionist, they kind of sound alike. Yeah. I want to do something with Mike every once in a while, though. I just want to let Mike get in and fucking just lay a scene down. Just fucking drop down that conspiracy. It has nothing to do with Fez having a locked up day today. Rough day for you, Fezzy? Uh, yeah. Sorry about that, everyone. It doesn't normally happen. So when something like this comes up, um, it's a shocker, but one that we'll deal with. Um, let's go over here to Nathan. You're on running Fez. Hey, Ronnie, Fezzy, Packer. How you doing? Pepper. Yeah. Uh, real quick, um, I'm, I'm usually behind the eight ball in regards to current chat, but I'm ready to get on board with this uh, flesh eating. So, I, But I'm concerned. I uh, have acid reflux. I was wondering if you might be able to give me some advice on what I should do there. I get it from eating flesh because acid and acid reflux. Uh, it was uh, a long way to go. Nexium. Um, Andrew, Jersey, you're in my face. Hey, Ronnie. The, uh, there are a lot of guys like Mike out there. There's actually a show. I don't know if it's A&E or History Channel. And basically, it just shows uh, these people that make these bomb shelters. And they're not cheap. They're like million-dollar bomb shelters that they make. Oh, yeah. You know, they have six months' worth of food in there, guns. You know, kind of like what Anthony has. Doomsday Preppers. I've, I've yeah. seen that show. It's you know, I finally got around to watching the shitty History Channel because <laughs> they're doing that show this week, Hatfields and McCoys. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where it's actually acting. And even the history on that isn't correct. <laughs> But the people are fucking great in it. They got Bill Paxton. They got Bill Paxton. They got Kevin Costner. Yeah. They got Powers Booth. You know, they're fucking spending some money. It's like a three-night event. It's well worth it. Because it's basically like any two redneck families. They just... <laughs> there are some white people who will not say, I, I, this is going too far. Oh, they'll fucking That's the going. beauty of this story. Yeah, I was like, shit. I always heard. This looks great. <laughs> um, History Channel's the worst. <laughs> it really is just a pile of shit. It's as bad as Discovery and all the other ones that fucking hide behind science. Yeah, fucking TLC. It used to be literally the learning channel. What is it now? Freak like? show. It's freak shows. It's midgets and giant fat people. I like 800 pounds. Um... This is a great story. Glenn Danzig said that he was asked to be Wolverine. He makes sense. He look, he could pull it off, looks wise. And then they said, "Well, how would you have made it differently?" And he said, "It wouldn't have been so gay." <laughs> Glenn, <laughs> Glenn Danzig gets confused between the difference of working out and being a badass. <laughs> That's why, once again, the eye bag put up that thing of him getting knocked the fuck out. It's fucking great. Dancing's fucking hysterical. Boom! Drops him. You're done. You're done. Knock the fuck out. Um, if anything, Wolverine need to be gayer. All right, Fez. Kevin, you're on the run, Fez show. Hey, buddy. You're back, buddy. Hey, Mike rolls. Hey, uh, and he must be right because the bullet manufacturers are getting in on the zombie apocalypse. Hornaday makes the zombie killers, and it's one of the fastest-selling bullets in history. Well, if I was living in Miami, I'd think about having one. Oh, shit. This is real, man. 
Zombie Max. Look, this is fucking zombie on the brand name Bullet Box. Sure. Just in case. Zombie Max. <sighs> this is live ammunition. This is not a toy. They have to fucking put on it. We got a break here. I can't believe how fast the first hour of the show went. Like that. Big ups to Mike for fucking dropping truth bombs all over people. Truth bombs people really weren't fucking prepared for. Uh, the pictures of the flesh-eating gay zombie are up. Uh, I'll put it up now because I can say. Sure. Don't. Don't. You sure? Well, just just see how much you can take. I away. don't think I can, dude. The top one is just the one of him just passed out on the ground. It's not even that bad. Then why do I need to say it? Why are you doing that? Why are you putting it up? Why are you putting it up? That's oh, not the bad oh. one. Dude, 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 dude. That's funny. That's just ow, a piece ow. of it. That's just a piece of it. There's more. Oh, There's no. just a piece oh, left. Oh, fuck. Oh. That's the worst oh. fucking picture. Oh. Turn it off, dude. That's the worst fucking picture I ever saw in my life. It looked like the eye. The left eye is like fucking where his oh, mouth should be. Dude. That's the worst fucking thing I've oh. ever seen. Who fucking looks at that? Look, there's just a hole where his mouth was. There's no lips. You can see part of his Look, beard. Uh, Liz sets fire wrote, No eyes without a face. Can I say uh, happy weekend birthday to Liz sets fire? And Hicks is going to sing to you later on in the show. There you go. How you like that? I'm a good singer. Or hum to you. <laughs> 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 that actually doesn't sound bad. <laughs> Check this shit out. It's crazy. Dude, why are you doing that? Oh. That is that looks like a fucking Muppet thing. That's a Muppet thing. Looks like an older guy from this beard. Yeah, I know. Oh. The nose is gone, the eye is gone. Ugh, fuck. Well, they shouldn't have killed the fucking cannibal. They should have tried to capture him alive just to see what the fuck was going on. To they, do did that. The, they did the only fuck. They should have shot both of them if you want to know the truth. Yeah, this guy, why would you want to live after this? Motherfucker, you don't have a face. You can't communicate. You can't see. Oh. His fucking ears are gone. I don't see any goddamn ears in this guy. It's fucked up. I would think ears is where you would start. They seem like they would come off the easiest. I don't think that he was worried about easy. You know what I mean? I mean, he was attacking that thing like a fucking wolf. Oh, God. Sean, you're on the run first show. Hey, Ronnie B., you said the uh, gay flesh-eating zombies. Can we go with the acronym G-Fez? All right. Let's do that. G-Fez. 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 Look at this fucking dead G-Fez. Oh, G-Fac. <laughs> oh, G-Fez. Oh, G-Fac. Oh, G-Fez. Well, uh, we're going to break here. Well, let's try to flip the script and get a little more summary when we get back. I was in a nice move. I can't believe those pictures are out there. It's disgusting, man. I'm going to actually say this to people. Please don't even go over the eye bang and look. And it isn't a matter if it's not even safe for work. You know what bothers me is now I'm a little fucking used to it and I can look at it. That's what happens. That's what I hate. Something inside of me died. Something that used to be human. It's the human condition. Mm. Getting used to terrible things. Uh, we break. Uh, we'll be back with pool jumpers. All right. On the Ron and Fez show. Ron and Fez. The Ron and Fez show. 
Ron and Fez show. Uh, and it is summer. Summer just came from out of nowhere. Uh, there's this piece on Funny or Die that kind of does pool jumpers, uh, kind of a parody with the uh, Dogstown thing. <laughs> the Lords of Dogtown. Um, but it is, here's a couple weird things about kids and pools. And you don't realize it when you're a kid because when you're a kid, like a pool is the most fun that you could possibly have. But it certainly isn't for an adult. At most, it's something to try to uh, get a float and lay on it and take a nap there. That sounds good, actually. That's not bad. <laughs> get a couple of drinks. But the whole fun thing of jumping and running around a pool is so fucking... Yeah, it's Good, so goodbye. childish. Fuck that. Yeah, when you were a kid, it's all you could think about. The most I do is, just go, hopefully there's a bar in the fucking pool. Oh, so you're talking even, ho- you're not even talking backyard pool. Oh, backyard pool. You're talking pool. hotel pool. Backyard pool, fuck that. Now, the, the <laughs> bar in the hotel pool, which they'll do in Florida, is as close to having a pool toy for an adult <laughs> as possible. The other funny thing is, do you ever notice that you will drink... Cocktails that you would never have at any other time. Be a colada or a fucking yeah. rum runner or some shit. I'm going to have a banana daiquiri. It's very bananish and there's rum in it. Float, and float another fucking shot for me on top there. Oh, look how colorful it is. It's so nice. Love this umbrella. But you couldn't have that anywhere else. But the weird thing about uh, pool jumping, which you were obsessed with when you were a kid, and... You know what? What if we go off the shed? What if we go off the roof? And then, but every kid kind of feels like they invented it. You're making it. You're basically just. It's like fucking young version of Jackass. It's like how? What's the craziest? It's the very beginning of Jackass. Yeah. It's like it's safe. We get this water. It's gonna be fine. We can do whatever we want. Now there are a couple things I feel like I did invent myself, even though other people have done them, and most of mine I I I thought were some kind of pantomime. Uh, dives or act like you're shot, go off the high dive. Another one that I had that I thought was just brilliant was taking a walk across the platform in the high dive and looking like I was checking my watch. Oh, no. And had no idea. I was at the end of the board. <laughs> off I go. You didn't see that the fucking board was ending? A lot of times I'd be like, and I was walking to the park one day because you always use that song when you're a little kid as I don't know what's coming next. <laughs> Maybe it's like a Bugs Bunny thing. Now you're all wet. How were you at catching the ball on your way down, though? On a fucking rocket. Hell yeah. I felt like I could catch it with my feet. <laughs> Either that or I'm going to catch it, shoot it into what's ever acting like the basket. You know, it's normally it would just be an inner tube that'd be floating on the other. Thing. So you catch it, shoot before you hit the water. Drain that shit. Yeah, and then come up feeling very fucking proud of yourself. Fuck yeah. The games that you would invent. Just massively long games that would only take place in a pool. Well, the pool is just like when you're a kid. It's this whole new fucking environment. It's like a whole new environment that has Spacewalking. No yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's everything that spacewalking thought it was going to be. That's what a pool is. Well, it's, it's amazing. Uh, I was just told that my niece was doing the gimmick. She had hurt her brother, so she was being thrown out of the pool. She's only like about five or six, and her mom was throwing her out. And she did the thing where she acted like she went underwater, so she never heard. I was trying to stay underwater and swim around, come up for a second and go back down while what? her mother's screaming the whole time. Because coming out of that pool is the worst thing that could happen to you as a child. Yeah. Uh, the only way to be, the, 
even understand it now, is I guess is like to be pulled out of pussy before you finished. That's how it feels no! to be lifted out. Let me back in! What are you doing now? But why is this? Even if it was only for five or ten minutes, it just felt like, because like at a certain point, your mom would decide that your your fucking blood was going to freeze up because oh, you were too on. cold. Come on, so mom. you had to sit in the sun for ten minutes. Bullshit. Fucks and up have, the rhythm. Have a sandwich or something, and you just felt like you, it was the worst punishment ever. Now this would be like you getting life in prison. Yeah, because every every moment in that pool is precious because it's just it's you just got it again because you've waited so long for it to fucking be warm enough to chill in the pool. No, the only people who really think that pools are stupid are dads, and <laughs> they're they have always, to clean them. Yeah, they have to clean them and pay for <laughs> them. Maintain them and shit. And they here's what a father looks at in a pool: how much a day it's not getting used. <laughs> you know. It's there. It's what filled for about two months out of the fucking year. I mean, just like figure what, pe yeah. So you're getting short fucking deck on it, and then even if the kids are on in all the time, there's at least sixteen, seventeen hours a day. There's nobody in the pool. Why'd I buy this fucking pit? It's breaking me. And people are either complaining that their eyes hurt because there's too much shit in there, or there's algae. All the fucking things that can go wrong. Someone pissed in it. We um, used to get pulled out, you know, of course, at the first sign of thunderstorms, you know, of clouds rolling in. But I never remember a story of lightning hitting a swimming pool. Of actually hitting the water while someone was in it. I, I, I know in lakes and shit that when lightning hits, all the fucking fish will come up to the top, stunned and stuff from it. So, yeah, it can happen that it hits water. Uh, but I think when they're lightning, they just want you in the house anyway. They don't even want you in the backyard. I don't know if, if the pool clo pools anymore. Uh, Mom, you're on Ronnie Fez. Uh, yeah, Ronnie, when, when I was a kid, we had one of those uh, four-foot-deep, 28-foot-wide round pools, the above-ground pools. You got one idiot in a, uh inner tube, and all the kids would run around the edge as fast as they could and create this whirlpool and watch the kid go to the middle. And you could actually... Like, pick yourself up, you get it fast enough, you can actually see, like, a small funnel towards the middle of the pool. Well, that's fucking crazy. Time you're on fence. Hey, morning, boys. Uh, waiting a half an hour to digest my food before I get in the pool sucks. That was a lie, right? Or does that actually give you cramps? Um, I don't know, because I've never had a cramp uh, but people talked about it constantly when yeah, I was a kid. that was a fucking horrifying thing. My mom would be like, don't go in the pool because you're going to fucking hurt yourself. Well, I didn't understand it be because our public pool had snack machines there. Like they were trying to give people the cramps. Well, you would have it and then supposedly wait after. Like your mom always wanted you to come out of the pool and eat. You know what I mean? Like she wasn't trying never to say don't ever have food, but you had to give it 30 minutes. And again, that 30 minutes was hellish. No, oh, it's you're wasting time. You can be in the pool. In the fucking pool. In the pool That's where, where I want to be. <laughs> and never leave, ever. Don't you get that? I'm working on a piece right now where I'm getting shot as I'm walking off the diving board. This is my work. Do you understand that? You understand that? how many people are enjoying <laughs> this fucking bit. They don't get it. I do the bit where I run off the diving board and then look down, acting like I don't know I've ran too far, like Roadrunner. No! It's fucking classic. Don't you get it? Everybody at White Sands is loving it. 
White Sands was some fucking pool near us that you had to go in with a member. Oh, classy. Yeah. Was it a lot nicer than everyone else's pool? Yeah, I mean, it had a gigantic fucking diving oh, board, cool. uh, showers, the whole fucking thing. It was in Sun Valley. It was so nice. It was actually in Brookhaven. Baller. Yeah, it was. All I had was the Astoria pool, which was quite crowded and dirty. And but fun though. condoms. Oh, yeah, it was still fun, though. Um, Frankie, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. And growing up at the pool, I thought it was the greatest thing ever. But now that, you know, I have to take care of the pool and it's my pool, the whole time yesterday when I was opening it up, I'm complaining to my wife, you know, I'll be lucky to get in this fucking thing five times this year. Why you're right. All this? Then the other side of it is, like, because I had a pool when I got older, all I thought about was, like, little kids breaking into the yard and drowning. Oh, God. It makes you very... Well, when you're in Florida, it happens a lot, where little toddlers drown in pools. So I actually ended up having three different fences. I had the fence around my backyard, then your pool is, like, enclosed with a thing over it there because right. of fucking bugs down in Florida. And then I had up another third one put up around that you'd have to take down sometimes. It's a fucking was, Supermax prison. Yeah. And then even then, I'd be in my house and I'd go like this. Did you hear like a baby splash in the pool? Or did it sound like a baby fell in the pool? Um, Mike, you're on the Run of Fish show. Mike. Hey, how you doing? Good, What's man. up, Ronnie B? I just want to say, I had a pool growing up. Every single birthday party was a pool party. And it was bullshit. I never got to do anything besides swimming that pool on my birthday. Not into it. I think pools are bullshit. Alright, that's the fucking thing. I'm spoiled. Dude, that's who who fucking hates pools. The kid who owns a pool. Now, in my neighborhood, not everybody had fucking pools. There was only a couple. And this one fucking rich kid, his dad had a fucking five, two five and tens he owned, right? We go over to that motherfucker's house in the summer, like nine o'clock in the morning. Knock on the door. We wouldn't see this fucker all winter. You knock on the fucking door. Hey, man, what do you want to do today? And he would act like, I don't know, every fucking day. <laughs> fucking people would be there. They'd have inner tubes and snorkels with them. Well, what are you up on. to? Open that fucker up. And then you would, Then the other thing that they hated is we used to tell them to go get some food inside. Like, see if your mom will make us some sandwiches. Come on, make it a whole fucking She'd day. She'd be yelling at him. I am not the fucking waitress of this neighborhood. Jesus, Go get lady. some fucking sandwiches, motherfucker. Hungry. I know you got food in there. You fucking people eat. I know it. <laughs> You're alive. You got fucking two five and tens. Um, Chris, you're in Yeah, a great pastime of ours, even though most of us, all our friends had pools, we would just run and go pool hopping and see how many pools you could hit until someone pretty much caught you. Uh, we would do that at night when we would do our, hey, we're fucking putting a tent up in somebody's backyard bullshit thing. Then like 3 o'clock in the morning, you'd be like, we're going in every fucking pool in this neighborhood. Dog or no dog, we have got to fucking see them all. You got to fucking ball out there. It was very fucking exciting. It sounds exciting. It's fucking pitch black and you're diving in someone's pool. Who knows if they're home or not. They would never fucking come out and start busting balls. Fuck yeah, it happened all the time, of course. And they had dogs and shit. What's a dog going to do? Kids that own pools hate fucking swimming. 
Kids that don't have a pull fucking die for it. Fuck yeah, it's all I ever wanted was a little kid. Good shit. Can't have a fucking pull in an apartment? No, you can't. Um, here's our buddy Mike Zito. Hey, buddies, what are you doing? What do you say, man? I'm doing good. I was just uh, cracking up on all this pool stuff. Yeah, we grew up in an apartment, too, and we never had a pool. We were kind of poor, but they always had the big city pools, you know, like yeah. down at the park, the public schools, and the Boy Scouts would all go. And uh, first time I saw a dead body was uh, 10 years old at the, the public pool. Kid got kicked in the head and was just hanging out down at the bottom. First time I saw tits was at the same pool, 12 years old. Yeah. That was amazing when you start and do that. Until he pops out? Yeah, where you act like you're wrestling around and when you start to go too far. That's the fucking beginning. She just sat up, top come off, didn't realize it. It was beautiful. You still think about her to this day? I do. And every now and then, you know, like when there's a lot of kids, you could pull your dick out a little bit when you were a little kid and nobody would know and you kind of swim with your dick out. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of weird now. You got to write a song about that, Mike. Called swimming with your dick out. You just kind of pull you. You could do it at church too sometimes, <laughs> like when you were kneeling down. Oh, you go too far, it's dude. Like taking your dick out. I don't know. See, you don't know what it's like to be Catholic. You don't go taking your dick out in a Catholic church. <laughs> I'm totally Catholic, I, and that's where we did it. I couldn't do it now. I couldn't take my dick out in church now. Well, not now. It would be weird, but little kids are funny, you know. They're like, I guess when they're playing with their I dicks. My, what can I pull my dick out and get away with it, you know? <laughs> Uh, you know, the dead kid thing is really fucking embarrassing that, because there's supposed to be a lifeguard at that pool. That was actually really weird. There was there was a lot of kids. All the Boy Scouts from St. Louis were there that day. I mean, there, this is a huge pool. I mean, there was probably yeah. a couple hundred kids, and they all dove in, and I think he just dove in, and he got kicked in by a bunch of kids and swallowed a bunch of water. I, had no, I thought we I, were in the pool 15 yeah. minutes before we saw that he was at the bottom. And, uh, like, imagine you send your kid out with the Scouts and they fucking drown him. I'd be so pissed. No badge for that. Yeah. I didn't know you were a khaki scout. It's good to hear, dude. <laughs> hey, it's good to, uh, to hear you guys. I hope you're, hope you're doing well. Always well. Thanks, my friend. Take care. Take care. Peace. That's a great Mike Zito. Fuck yeah. I didn't know he liked taking his cock out everywhere. There's got to be some reason you end up becoming a guitar player. I mean, they basically say it's just like sitting there <laughs> fucking stringing around your cock. It's basically like... Like putting strings on your cock and unplugging your cock in is all it is to be a guitar player. Um, Bobo. Yeah, hi, hi guys. This is uh, the Bobo. What do you want, Bobo? You. What's yeah, going on? Things are going good. It just seems the way the way the way when they treated me when they called in today was kind of bugging me today. Well, what's wrong? What happened? No, no. He said that he would be up for a while. Uh huh. And it was just, just, just kind of bugged me a little bit today. Why? What happened, Bobo? Talk to me. No, when I when I called it, when I called it, it did say it, did say it, said that. And then, and then Sam called. Sam said about the message I left about Facebook. Yeah. But I wanted to stop by, and he, and they, and they said, ah, that's what they, that's what they said. All right, Bobo, you've got to stop backing up that truck while you're talking to me, because I can't uh-huh. understand you. You're gonna get points. 
Oh, oh no, oh no, that that was that was outside. Uh -huh. That was not me. That was not me. Oh, I thought you were backing up a truck. No, I, I wasn't. Thought, well, upset with Anthony. Just <laughs> fucking backing his rig up. Sam said something on Facebook. <laughs> what did Sam say, Bobo? Let's get to the bottom of this. What exactly did Sam say? What the fuck was he saying to you? No, he wasn't saying that they were going. They weren't going to book me for a while. That's crazy talk, though, dude. Have you have you talked with those guys? I, I have. Uh huh. But they were they were telling me not to, not to complete to talk to them. Maybe we should have a sit down. Yeah, that's just, I would love that. Just you know, all fair. Just you and and Opie, just to sit down. Hash this shit out. Yeah, and hash it out. Go over it a little bit. Yeah, I would. I would love that. All right, when are you free? Let me get the uh, date book out. I'm, 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 fr I'm free. I'm free on fr Friday afternoon. Okay, Friday afternoon. What time? Any time. Any time. But at any time, Friday afternoon. I'm available all day. Okay, let's do it four o'clock. Uh, Midtown, okay? Yeah, yeah. Four o'clock. Midtown's good. All right. Um, what's a restaurant that's close to here that's got a, plenty of open room? Um, you know what? There's that Bill's Burgers right around. You know where Bill's Burgers is over in Thirty Rock? I get. I could. I could look it up. I could look right. up the address. Now, do you want Aunt and Opie there or just Aunt? Uh, whoever, whoever can make it. Okay. Well, who's your main beef with? Who do you got the biggest problem with? I don't know if there's anyone to beef with. But you just want to talk this stuff out. Yeah, exactly. All right, then you know what? I'm going to say both of them will be there. So it's you and, and Opie. Bill's Burgers, 4 o'clock on Friday. All right. Did you want Sam there? Yeah, Sam wants to stop by. Morning, welcome to. Okay, I'm going to put Sam down, too. I, I don't know whether Jimmy's on the road this weekend, so I can't guarantee it. I'm going to pencil him in, but if he's going to fly out, then it'll be a no on Jimmy, okay? Yeah, all right. That, that's understandable. I don't yeah. Jimmy's yeah, and I don't want him to lose money for, you know, the fact that this meeting, because I think this meeting should go fast. I don't think yeah. it's going to take a long time. Good. Yeah. All right, so 4 o'clock... Bill's Burgers, Friday. Yep, that's right. All right. Hey, the first round's on me. <laughs> All right, All right, Bobo. All right, you got, you got, you guys, ha you guys have a good day. You too, buddy. See you then. See you Friday, four o'clock. All right. All right, peace. All right, good. We can finally sit down, and for once, away from these. Microphones where everybody's got to play their parts, so people can get real. Yeah, get fucking real. Finally, move forward with this. You whole know what? Thing. Let's turn off the radio for five minutes and just sit down with the dudes, like people, like human beings. Because a lot of times, a lot of the shit you're saying is just for the people at home, and that's why you get strong on the radio and act like you know I'm going for the joke first. But we sit down, we have some burgers. Couple of brewskis. Sounds good, man. 
May I'll be having a nice tea. Believe me, I've had my fill. I don't know whether Sam's going to be there or not either. I know he's getting married to some guy. He's getting married to a chick. He's not gay? Apparently not. He's getting married to a woman. Then anyone could. Um, Ryan, Rhode Island, you're on a fuzz. Bonnie B. Yeah. Peck of Lips. Hi. Nothing from Peck of Lips. All right, fine. So, anyway, dead guy in a pool story, public pool, Fall River, Mass. It was last summer. This nasty pool was so murky that there was some dead bitch in the bottom of that pool for three or four days before they figured it out. People swimming in there, fucking hanging out, whatever. Nobody could even see it down the bottom. That's disgusting. That's fucking disgusting. That's fucking out of, the, out of this world, isn't it? Yeah, it's the filthiest thing I've ever heard of. You're terrible. Yeah, and the shitty part is the guy, the, the lifeguard has the same last name as me and the same first name as me. So I'm hearing my name finally on the news for this shitty shit. Right. Well, congratulations to Rhode Island, too. It was a very big time. <laughs> a great state. Yeah. Maybe they'll fucking start eating people's faces. Uh, you know, Rhode Island got big ups for being the place of um, Wes Anderson's new film. Oh, which yes. had a gigantic per screen opening. Just fucking. Did you see it over the weekend? I didn't see it. I'm see it this week, hopefully. You say that, but Earl tried to get in last night, couldn't, sold out. Holy shit. Dude, I went 11 o'clock in the morning. I'd say it was 90 some percent sold out. Packed out at 11 in the morning? What the fuck? Well, it's what? Only four theaters, right? Two here and two fucking in LA. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. Two here, two in LA. It's going to be impossible to see this fucking movie. Well, they're going to be opening more and more theaters. All right, thank God. You don't have to thank God. I'm just, I want to see it. Uh, And you're not going to be one of, it's not going to be one of those things where you try to rip it off? No. No, 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 no. This man will get my money. All right, Earl did get in to a later screening. Good. Um, And Earl says, it's brilliant. And if it doesn't win Best Screenplay, Earl gives up. <laughs> Fucking shit, this early. Yeah. He's throwing that out there. Damn, Earl. Earl's not one to say shit like that either. No. How'd you like it? I dug. Yeah. Dug a lot. It's actually going to be one of those things that you go back and see because there's so much. Oh, cool. So layered in a Wes Anderson fucking film. Uh, but the little kids are fucking Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it looks fucking amazing. Uh, you'd hate it because yeah. you can't drink for that hour and a half, two hours <laughs> that's going on. Hey, I got flasks. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah, a real alcoholic has a flask with him at all times. More than one. Well, you you know what's funny about a flask? It means you're somewhat of an educated alcoholic. You never see like a bum with one, yeah, the, but like a writer will always have a flask. Yeah, otherwise it's just a fucking pint of liquor in a fucking brown paper bag. Like a real dirt bag. Um, I, like, here's people who... Uh, I was like, why would you even be on our site? Rex Dart? Is this a gay art house film? <laughs> what? Fuck you, dick. Uh, Only four theaters are showing. A shitload of films come out like that. Good films. Yeah. Um... It's because New York and L.A. are the fucking places where they want to open it fucking first. It makes sense. 
Look, they open it in fucking four theaters, and now it gets all this fucking heat for being the highest fucking per screen average. It's fucking smart to do that. And it's a fucking Wes Anderson film. Uh, Lenny, you're on the run for the show. Yeah. Lenny. Yeah. Do, do you actually think Bobo is going to meet with Opie and Anthony? You think they're actually going to go to Midtown? Yeah, they... Friday? Yeah. It's locked. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? They work right here. Yeah, but they get off at 10 o'clock. You think at 4 o'clock they're going to be in Midtown? Yes. They do the after show meetings. It's a business. Oh, this is a business poor lunch. Poor Bobo. Poor Lenny. All right, guys, I'm checking out. You are fucking checked out. Was you ever even checked in in the first place? Is you fucking weird squatter? Why don't you come in too, Lenny? I have to change the reservation. We'll give you fries. <laughs> yes, change the reservation. The Tell mass. them we want the big table. It's embarrassing. If they want to get this thing settled with Bobo, they will be there. Why would they want it hanging over their heads? What the fuck? Yes, it's eating everybody apart. Oh. Do, 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 Exciting, do, though, do, to be able do, to move do, forward. Do. Hmm. Let me check out some of this stuff. Guys, uh, send me a collection of video games and pinball machines that he has. That can't even be true. This all can't belong to one person. His name is Ed in Pittsburgh. If it is, it's the best I've ever seen. I don't want to move to Pittsburgh. I fucking love pinball machines. They're so much better than arcades. Yeah, is that right? I, I, I personally love a fucking pin. If I'm in a bar with a pinball machine, I'm going to be at the fucking pinball machine drinking and playing. Did you just say drinking? Yeah, drinking. I think with a pinball machine, you don't look like a child. And if you're playing an arcade games, you look like a, uh, a grown-up fucking kid. Well, fucking, like, the arcade business is so fucked up now. Every, like, new arcade machine has to be, like, interactive, like, Dance Dance Revolution shit. Where yeah, I don't want to do that. It's, it, I hate that shit. But a fucking pinball machine is the shit. Um, a pinball machine, you can always play no matter what age. Pool table, obviously, you can always play... But you can't dance Dance Revolution and be a man's age. <laughs> no, that's fuck. It looks crazy. Unless I don't know, you're some fucking Japanese guy. They love it. Now, skee ball, you can play as a child. Then you've got to take off forty years, and then you can play again as an elderly person. What about shuffleboard? Shuffleboard is getting big again, especially in Brooklyn. The shuffleboard courts are come popping up all over the place. Um, shuffleboard was very big in Florida, but only with the elderly. Now. If you want to play something in the backyard, uh, I would recommend bocce to you. But there was a bocce pit in my fucking park, you know, right next to my house growing up. It's a very fine game. Yeah, my fucking And very annoying. Because here's the thing. Like any good game, you can learn to play it pretty quickly. Yeah. But to be good to and be consistent. And like when you were getting beat by a 70-year-old Italian guy, <laughs> it was so fucking frustrating. Well, they were fucking on point. Yeah, because you're like, I'll just outpower this fucker. Mm -mm. No, it's his finesse. That's right. He's got that touch. <laughs> That's another big... Uh... Wow, that was very weird. Spencer was just doing the weirdest uh, walk with Jennifer whatever when they were coming to each other. Where oh, Spencer weird. was doing that, like, if you go left, I'll go right. You go left, I'll go right. <sighs> and it looked... 
Mm, it looked embarrassing. Oh, Spence. Just pick a direction, baby. Still locked, huh, Fizzy? Yeah. We got to get Fizzy out of this room. Hit that mall, we'll you think mall. Pips is ready? Throw Pips on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pips has uh, got a good head on the shoulders. I don't know. I think he seems like a psycho fucking follower of you. <laughs> oh, no. no. This, get, this room has got Fezzy weirded out. I don't want Fezzy to be weirded out. Don't be weirded out. Be calm. He told me earlier that he didn't want to ever be thrown out of an airplane. I go, that's true. Me neither. I don't want to do that. I prefer to be watching fucking movies. Inside. Yeah. yeah. Inside. Watch movies, maybe having a drink. <laughs> Nice air, fucking I pressure. Wish, I wish everything didn't have to be drinks with me. Um, I was, I read one of the worst reviews on this Wes Anderson film. <laughs> I'm not going to say who the guy is, but he's a popcorn-loving review guy. All right. It seemed to me when I, I read the review, he felt like he was superior to Wes Anderson. Huh? And now, when I first read it, I'm like, oh, I'm going to, no, I'm not going to, is what I said to myself. Not going to I'm not going to out him. Um, but now he's recanting and saying, as he gets distance, he's starting to love it more. In other words, now that he's had the opportunity to read other reviews. Oh, and realize that yeah. his review was totally batshit. It is batshit. <laughs> kind of want to read it. It, it. it is batshit just for the sense of... What he missed out of what he thought he got was just unbelievable to me. Fuck. I see they really movie. should but review everything. Like, how was the popcorn at that theater? Is this a place where you get a lot of people chatting through the movie? Just review the whole experience. Why? I'm not going to go to this theater. Most of the reviews was, I saw this in a tiny screening room. Uh, yeah, that's how. That's yeah. That's pretty much where all the. I see a here. lot of. I see a lot of movies with, uh, people who do that film critics, and it's rare that they're in a, a real theater. Yeah, Armand White ain't going to a regular theater. Well, he would if that's the only place he had to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but most of the time, and never, ever, do I see anyone eating popcorn. <laughs> Does anyone ever have snacks? Mm -mm. <laughs> no, it's a very big thing with those guys that they don't sit and have popcorn. Um, Makes sense they're at work, I guess, technically. Yeah, I mean, they would be eating popcorn nine hours a day. <laughs> just guzzling that butter. That I mean, I guess butter. there could be a review thing on Theaters Fez. I just don't know how it would tie in with the movie. Well, I think it would be just good to know the guy's mindset going into it. If he's having a bad <laughs> theater experience... It have you ever been to Ain't It Cool News? Uh-huh. He writes those type of things where you have to read about his, all, oh, his whole day? Just the fucking road trip to get to the fucking screening and all the trials and tribulations of fucking watching a movie. You should be able to review a movie. I had to tell you, uh, I don't know where people get the balls, though, sometimes to review. Oh, they just fucking they just, they just feel so strongly about it. They feel that they can... Their opinion is the one that matters, and everyone should listen to them. Oh, G-Baby's on here, and it says he wants to defend himself. I never said it was you, G-Baby. Yeah, well, it wasn't me, though, but that's fine. Well, I, 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 I never was giving you away. I never would have sold you out. 
No, it's fine. Because I'll defend myself, because I, I think that movie is great. I gave it an 8 out of 10. But it's like I was saying on Twitter to the person who I was talking to, um, like the best, like the worst Wes Anderson movie is still better than the best of all these other people's movies. And when you're reviewing a movie, it's a lot easier to pick out the things that didn't make it the most amazing thing ever than to say like, if I just like went off on for like 20, you know, for like 200, 300 words about how it's amazing and this and that, people would be like, this guy's bullshitting. But if you show some like, insight into what you didn't like think it was perfect about it it kind of comes off like that but when I, I, I'm not going to bust your balls but when you say stuff like seeing him evolve as a, a filmmaker has never been so enjoyable even if he's still finding his way this is like his seventh film do you feel like you're above knowing where you're going than he is no, 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 not at all. What I meant was when I'm talking about when I said that, what I'm saying is he's finding his way in this non-cynical world. When he, like, I think Royal Tenenbaums is a perfect movie. I think in every other one of his movies I like more than this, just because I think his style, his sort of, uh, you know, just his visual style, his musical choices, they all sort of lend themselves better to a character in a world where there's a little bit of uh, a biting edge to it, a little cynicism. A I, little I don't, I don't want to point out some of the things that are very, very far from innocent in this film. But I'm gonna earmuffs. Yeah, I don't want to do that I, uh, to everybody. But that's the difference between me and like an actual reviewer, where a lot of these guys will give away plot points. But no, there are yeah. three different things uh, that lend themselves to violence. And then a couple of sexual things. Yeah. I would not sit around and talk about this like it was an innocent film. Certainly not for kids. Not for kids. And I'm not saying it's 100% innocent. I'm saying compared to take those characters, every one of the characters. There's one, I guess, who, you know, we said about the, uh, you, know, you know, we won't say anything. Who obviously has some moral dilemmas. And they're all kind of messed up. But nobody is sort of mean or like has like a really evil, or not evil, evil isn't the word. Um, uh negative view on the world like a Max Fisher like a Richie Tenenbaum you know like um, there was a fucking scene in the movie where some of the kids almost turn into Lord of the Flies um, shit I right and that's, and that's, that's I, here's what I think I happens with this yeah. I don't think that you've probably seen the film enough yet no that's, that's absolutely true too I will 100% agree with that I need to see it again he sounds like, think, like his ass is red today doesn't he he, he sounds like he's pissed off. He called up oh, right no. away. Here's what we got to do. Uh, I went into the sit-down on Friday. We're all meeting at Bill's Burgers to work some stuff out. Oh, perfect. It's here in Midtown. So I have to add another on, on plus one. All right, that sounds good. Now, no. I'm going to see it again. And when I come in in a couple of weeks, maybe we'll talk more about it. Hopefully some more people have seen it by then. Yeah. I, and I, I definitely, like, I, I did a podcast with a couple friends last night. And we talked about this for a while. I think, obviously, you said this is a movie you want to revisit. All of Wes's movies are so dense that the first time you see them, it's uh, it's almost hard to process because it's just so much different. And There's tons of stuff in this. So much. So much. And I think having seen Tenenbaums and Rushmore like a dozen times a piece, I'm much more comfortable with those movies. This, like I said, being a little thematically different, it still has, I, you know, percent clicks. Here's what always uh, is interesting to me. Uh, that people are going, okay, he's back in that same style. So somehow that's bad. And they see being different as growth. 
And it's almost like they bullied Spielberg out of making what I consider Spielberg movies into his more mature, shitty fucking movies that anyone could make. I really don't say leaving things behind sometimes is growth, particularly when you're an original. All right. So I, I just I, I just felt I, I understand that, and I think and I love Wes's style. I just thought that the style maybe it's because, like I said, I am used to it seeing it with this one with sort of always in this sort of you know bad dads sort of thematic thing. I was more used to seeing it with uh, uh, you know. An so edge, you, you know, thought Max Fisher was a cynical person? Yeah, he's just the opposite. That was he's one of idea. the most he's optimistic idea, f- fucking characters you'll ever see in a film. He's also selfish. He's also, you know, kind of an asshole. And by kind of an asshole, he's very much an asshole. He's, idea- he's an idealist, but I don't think he's, uh, you know, uh, and he's not, he doesn't compare to the kids in this movie. Well, he was obviously older. Yeah. Um, but, I, again, I don't want to give away two separate things that happened to yeah. the same kid in this movie oh, no. that was very far from fucking innocent. It was I actually, how, yeah. No, that's how that's how I view the movie. You know what I'm saying? And I think I just think. And what I meant was, I think Wes Anderson is like I. I we've played a game last but I think, like I said, he's in the elite. You know, after his first movie, he's in the elite, and uh, you know, I think he's one of the one of the greats out there right now. Right, who's in the elites in this uh, podcast of yours? Oh, I don't know. Like, I basically said, like, there's like ten percent of directors that you know you could take their best movie. Uh, is better than Wes Anderson's worst movie, but everybody else is pretty much not. I mean, if you think you run down the list, it's all the, the obvious ones: you know, John Ford, you know, Steven Spielberg. Or so you're not even talking about Murphy. living people. No, look at the living people. I think Ridley Scott. I think, um, but not Tony Scott. I think we were saying like Tim Burton's probably on the edge. Uh, I think his best movie might not be better than Wes Anderson's worst movie. And we were considering this Wes Anderson's worst movie, and I think it's a great movie. And I think on multiple viewings, it'll definitely move its way up the list. I, I, I didn't wasn't a big fan of Darjeeling until I watched it again, and it really just clicked with me, and I was like, wow, it's much better than I remember it being. Uh, I really, um, yeah, I don't even know if we need to get around to what is any one guy's worst or best movie. I, I, there's no way that I would feel the need to be able to pull that off, like, all right, here are my... Who's your favorite? Like, let's say Pixies. Yeah. Do you sit around and think about your Pixies' worst album? <laughs> That's the thing about reviewers, I think, that is so much no. different than an enthusiast, that if you're an rank. enthusiast about stuff, stuff that you don't like, you can just leave on the side. I listened to that last album. But when sure. you're a reviewer, you want to sit around and try to figure out where this guy fucked up and... I, I don't know if you've got it yet, G-Baby, to sit around and talk about something that you called, that you gave eight out of ten stars to as someone's worst. Well, I, I, like I said, I think it's, it, like, I, but I think his other seven are probably, you know. Nine and ten stars? Yeah, or eight, or whatever, you know, like, it's, it's that, I hate having to put a numerical value, and I've started to, I'm going to just, I want to try to, like, get away from that, but the thing is, if I had, you know, it would almost come off as a negative review if I had not. And maybe that would, maybe it's something I have to work on. But, you know, like people, most people don't read the full review. They'll read the first three sentences, jump to the end, and do it, oh, it's an eight. 
you know, and that's sort of the, the way of the world. I, I definitely prefer the New York or New York Times way where you have to read the whole thing to sort of get the piece. But, uh, you know, um, I don't know. I think uh, he's edgy today, Hicks. G Baby's edgy. G Baby's fucking looking wild. I'm edgy. I know. Bad news. How are they loving it on your coast? Because our coast are going crazy. Oh yeah, it's it's nuts. I I, I was going to try to go see it over the again over the weekend, but yeah, sold out at the uh, the theater around the corner for me. Just crazy. Uh, and uh, when you come in, every- we're going to talk movies. That sounds like a plan. That sounds good. But but I still want to come to uh, Bill's Burgers. On yeah, you got to do that. But right. most of the time, first of all, first things first, let Bobo work out this thing with O&A sure. so I can get those three guys back together, and then we'll get into your stuff. It's turned all right, perfect. All right. Perfect. Well, big list here. The worst, 8 out of 10, and he just found the worst. All the rest are perfection. Thanks, uh, Jermaine. Jermaine Lassier, you can read him on Slash Film. Slash Film, when you want to put a slash through a film. Mm-hmm. Slash film. <laughs> That's their fucking catchphrase. I think it is. <laughs> I can't wait to see it's this one movie. of them. Mm. I've stopped reading reviews unless we've had the person on. <laughs> if it's a movie that we haven't had anyone on yet, because then that's just going to ruin it for me. Uh, Chris, your manifest. It sounds to me like G Baby is one of those dudes who likes Wes Anderson because. Society, or you know, people tell him they have to because he's the he's the guy. Because but he doesn't sound like he even knows anything about the Wes Anderson movies, other than he's supposed to like them. I don't think that's true. I think he actually does like him. I think his job as a reviewer, he wants to find something. I think he kind of explained that that you have to find something to pick apart, so you're not coming across like me, an enthusiast, a fanboy. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm not even sure if I even understand the term fanboy. I don't know why any man lets himself be called a boy under any circumstances. It's embraced. They love the term. There's a documentary about it. It was fucking called fanboy. Well, who's in it? Which fanboys? Yeah, fanboys. How come no one ever calls football fans fanboys? They're I mean, just... they live and die with their team. No one ever says, oh, I live and die with my rock band or my fucking uh, movie director. They're more called like hardcores, like hardcore fans of that. But fanboys are, if you, I guess if you like, I don't know, fucking fantasy or comic books and shit like that. It's just, when you say fanboy, it says that you don't have pubes. <laughs> uh, Sean, you're on the Run of Fest show. Never thought I'd say this, but uh, maybe I was Miss Paul you know what? That wasn't G Baby's normal mo. I think he called in, sounding defensive. I, oh, very. I purposely wasn't outing him. I um, know the fuck you're talking about. And it's I would like, love to have listened to his podcast when he came up with his elite ten percent being better than something. Sounds like a fucking one percenter, if you ask me. I don't like that shit. Ninety nine, motherfucker. Fuck you. You're not even making fucking sense. I'm making perfect sense. You make me want to lock up. When I hear you talking that shit, I want to go over and start rubbing my thigh. <gasps> what shit? I'm watching the show. Why don't you ever rub your thigh? <laughs> 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 what the fuck? No, it's, it's okay. It's a weird thing to have to watch during the show. But you're just trying to... You're having fun saying 1%. That had nothing to do with facts. You're just like, hey, here's some other fucking things I can grab out of the news. <laughs> Um. By the way, a sheepy also used to sit, rub his thigh. I 
nosy up when, like, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to rub my you thigh. You freak out, right? And yeah. Just, oh, come on. It's that whole way of this isn't happening around me. This isn't going on. I won't make eye contact, and I'll just pretend it's not. Sounds like fucking creep. But we've got this thing up on the uh, on the iBank today of weird guys and their sports tattoos, and that's closer to being fanboy for a sports fan. Oh, the fucking yeah, they're just the then you have your back done as the fucking Denver Broncos or whatever. <laughs> you sure you're really gonna fucking not regret that, dude? Uh, J Dub's got his 2005. Uh, Super Bowl champs, Detroit Lions. He lost that in a bet. And the weird thing is, I can't even remember it. <laughs> but the weird thing, too, about some of these tattoos is you're doing stuff with other men. You're tattooing other men on. Like Sam has done that with his Jack White. Yeah. That's another man's name. He's like he's branded by a dude. Yeah. Also, these guys are pretty hot. <laughs> Well, writing as a tattoo never makes sense to me because you can't. It's hard for someone to catch. If you want, if you want to get a tattoo and people are going to look at it, you have to stop that person and read their arm. It's like trying to hold a newspaper still. So pictures for you. This guy got fucking Dale Earnhardt, baby. That's gay. I'm sorry. That's another man on your back. And a Tasmanian devil. You might as well be as gay as Sam. That fucking Mike Tyson. Who's that supposed to be? Iron Mike, yeah. Oh, for life. To That's fucking gay. He has to regret that. I mean, now Mike Tyson's a guy from the Hangover movies. I know. And that's what's going to happen to any sports guy. Like, let's suppose you get the Yankees. What are you doing the year that the Yankees fucking blow? It happens. You're going to fucking feel like shit. The odd thing with, you- with that man's Mike Tyson tattoo is now his tattoo needs a tattoo to update it to get the face tattoo. So it's like his tattoo needs a tattoo. Oh. So his tattoo needs a tattoo. I got a Happy Days tattoo. I'm just, now I wish I didn't do it. Oh, no. All right. The fucking heart, like the fucking face tats are just totally nuts. That's a soccer tat there. So those fuckers don't know what they're doing. That's just straight. That's straight. I never want to get fucked. How's he going to fucking head with anyone if that fucking tattoo was fresh? That's just not thinking. It's basically bum fights. But can you imagine if some guy was walking around with a Johnny Unitas or a YA Tittle tattoo? Because that's what everybody becomes, you know? Like, if I bring up fucking Joe Montana to a kid now, they act like I'm talking out of some fucking distant past that barely exists. Late 80s? Yes. <laughs> yes, Montana could drive an offense. It was a West Coast style. You just sound like you're talking about fucking dragons or something. Shit, this guy has fucking a ridiculous amount of Yankees tattooed on his back. What else has Sam got tattooed on him? He has Rob Zombie's name tattooed on his arm, too. I think right above the Jack White. Now, is that a a performer or a director? Because I wouldn't think you would be a White Stripes and fucking White Zombie. Unless... 
you know, he just, what's next? White Tiger? You just like any bands that have white in it? You gotta hunt them. I own them down. Doesn't make fucking sense. I think he loves the music. To me, it sounds like um, fucking G-Baby is like, I'm gonna fucking shut this fucker's mouth. I know exactly who that son of a bitch is talking about. <laughs> called right Yeah. In. I fucking called it innocent. Look at this Brady. I hate to do a reveal. Look at this Brady tattoo. This guy must feel like a loser after last season. He just fucking looks at his arm. Here's the weird thing. Brady wouldn't even want a Brady tattoo. He's not Steve-O. If somebody, like, this would be my fucking joke. Um, if somebody was being mean to fucking Tom Brady, yeah. I would yell, like, you better treat him like a Brady. That would be my fucking thing. They'd fucking... They'd and then I'd be like, so hello, my Brady. <laughs> you look beautiful today, my Brady. That's what they should start doing in the fucking locker room. Cocker room is more like it. It does... <laughs> I'll do a quick impression of the fucking Patriots locker room. Yeah. Yeah, suck Eat it. This guy's just giant koi fish and the eagles. Why? <laughs> That's a giant back piece, too. <laughs> I'd rather have a fucking picture of the face-eating zombie fucking lined up. And a really bad... Tattoo of the stadium. I can't wait till I see that son of a bitch and lay him out about Wes Anderson face to face that fucking shit. Was going to be here on Friday, apparently. Bill's Burgers, the big fucking sit down. When Spider Man comes out, everybody thinks I'm, will think I'm correct about the reboot. It's when they reboot that shit, it's like fucking, I can forget everything that happened before this. The lizard's there. He also said it was like a classical soundtrack. And there was fucking Hank Williams all through the thing. Oh, nice. Yeah. That sounds well, awesome, actually. You're going to dig it, I think. I can't fucking wait. The problem is you never go to movies. <laughs> I'm going to go see this. When? <laughs> Friday. Are you going Friday? That sounds like that's That's the plan I've made in my head so far <laughs> after hearing the good things about it. Ryan, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, is this, is this Ronnie? Yeah. Hey, Ronnie, I got a little bit of a uh, Ichiban, if you might might say. Go ahead. What is it? All right. It, uh, we had a Memorial Day parade up here in Maine uh, yesterday, and <clears throat> they let a Down syndrome uh, or retard or Mobius person driving a golf cart through it. Well, I don't know if his feet got messed up or what, but he plowed into a group of kids and ended up pinning two of them under it. I had had two of my buddies ran out and had to lift up the <coughs> golf cart while the, the retard still smashing on the gas trying to go. He had no idea what was going on. Did it make the paper? Uh, it made the news and the paper. The Channel 8 News uh, in uh, Maine. Yeah, send us a link on the iBang, okay? To the editor at the iBang. I'm going to see this. All right, well, they called up on the news. They just said... Uh, just a man ran over some kids or something. So, how do I put it on the iBang? Just send it to the editor at the iBang. Okay, thanks. Peace. Uh, 
It, um, the guy from, one of the guys, I don't even know his name, but I was reading it this morning, from SMNBC had to apologize for saying not everybody who gets killed in a war is a hero. And not every veteran yeah. is a hero. And then he, I got what the fucking, when I'm reading it over, what he's trying to say, but the fucking shit storm that hit him oh my was God. so fucking hard. The shit hurricane. <laughs> that it's actually hysterical. Because you get so locked into the thank you for your service that you're not allowed to sit around. Never criticize. And criticize. Ever. On anything. On anything at all. Don't you even talk about them, actually. <laughs> Unless so, you say something really nice. We'll go through that. Do you think that everybody serves as a hero? I think, I mean, I think, yes, they're, it's at some, for some respect, yeah, at some point, yeah, what do you think, Yeah, they've all volunteered to put their life on the line. And anyone who gets killed is a hero. Yes. So the Taliban guys are heroes. And the Nazis were heroes. Americans. And the, I'll put you mine. That's the I'll put American thing. soldiers. How are you getting to that <laughs> thing? Because the American soldiers have just about as much choice in this as the Taliban soldiers. You're born into a place. You're called upon to serve. You serve. Follow your orders. But we certainly don't think about the guys on the other side as being fucking heroes. Oh, definitely. Not, it's no, very rare guy. that you'll say he was a great Nazi hero. Which really, again, limits the fucking word hero. It almost takes the meaning out of hero because it has to do with more uh, a hometown pride than anything else. So I totally agree that you have to be careful uh, about watering down the word hero. And there's no doubt that most of the people who serve are not heroes. That would not, then the word hero wouldn't mean anything. It would almost be like saying, anyone who's ever in the NFL is the MVP. You know what I mean? <laughs> At some point, you even have to take that. But you also have to be careful of just throwing these things out there until it's meaningless. Uh, here's Chris. Chris, you're on the Run Fed Show. Hey, Ron, I couldn't agree more, man. I served. I served with a bunch of guys, infantry, straight up, you know, get shot at, get blown up. I'm not a hero. They aren't heroes. That's way overused for the guys who actually may have done something heroic. They just get wiped in with the rest of the people. They didn't do anything that, you know, changed tires and filled up gas tanks and cooked food over there, you know? Um, it is. Now, now, when you go back to that, do you see anyone in the enemy as being a hero? Can that happen? Well, it depends on what side you're looking. They got a whole mess of heroes and martyrs, and, you know, that's their baseball cards. That's their currency. They don't have anything to watch on TV. They just revere their their heroes. How many, how many of the enemy did they kill? Yeah, that's right. their hero. So then when you think of it that way, that the martyr who runs into a place blows it up is a hero... It almost takes down the term hero itself, too. It almost makes you think, like, what kind of fucking sense does it make to be a hero? And how many of these fucking things are... How much of this trouble comes from heroes? 9-11, we can blame on the Muslim heroes. They're They're fucking martyrs. martyrs. Um, Here is... um, 
Here's cigars and scotch. Hey, Chris Hayes also went on to say that not everyone that finds a cab, a, a telephone in a cab is a hero. You know what? I will agree with that because not only That's are fun. you finding it, but you're finding the ICE number and then meeting that person later. And that makes a hero. It's impressive. Uh, our buddy Sean Dunn is stopping in in just a bit. And uh, he's going to be doing a brand new documentary or rockumentary. Um, let's go over to Joe. Joe, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, yes, Mr. B. I was wondering, I was in the Army with a guy. He got a drunk, crashed a car, and killed one of the other guys I was in the Army with. Is he a hero? Um, it is some points that uh, needs to be talked about, I think. Now, it blew up in this guy's face. Oh, he got fucking killed. Um, and there's no way to, you know, there's no reason at all. And I don't even know who he is or what his point was. Uh, but I do think that the word hero gets thrown around way too much. Uh, Steve, you're on the run of Fish show. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, I just got back from Afghanistan not too long ago. I got blown up and whatnot, and I get called a hero all the time, and I get confused a lot, you know what I mean? They they got me, and that sucks for me, but I don't consider myself a hero. I wonder if anyone does. I wonder if anyone ever says, uh, hey, this is Bob Smith, war hero. Listen, I wanted to talk to you later. I wonder if anyone ever says, I was a hero. It's a strange all, all move. I know if I heard somebody say that, I'd smack him in the face because hero is something you earn, not something you brag about. So it's yeah, just that's, something that's that, yeah. So that that person should never call themselves a hero. Not in my opinion, no. All right, uh, thanks, uh, Matt. You're on Run Fez. I think it holds really true with police officers too. I'm a cop in New York City, and everyone gets kind of impressed when like they when like when when someone says that. But really, like I would say, eighty percent of the cops in New York are doing absolutely nothing. And there's like probably about four or five precincts where it's really fucking hairy, and then everywhere else it's just people writing parking tickets and doing nothing. You yeah, know, I see like, a lot of those cops. They don't even have guns to. Yeah, I mean, well, those aren't the cops. They just made them look like cops because they were getting their ass kicked when they were wearing the brown outfits. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. They're just like kids walking around. They're normally... And yeah. they. one thing I, I will give them is they act like they can't hear anyone who's screaming at them. Yeah. Well, our, their worst enemy is actual cops. We, they hate each other. They hate cops, and they'll write on the, the plaques of cops the most, but... Then they complain because they used to be, we used to call them brownies. They used to wear brown outfits all the time. They looked like mm. work for UPS. And people didn't respect them. So whenever they saw them running a the ticket, they would just kick their ass. And then they would leave. But then they were like, so let us, so they begged to look like cops. They were like, let us have uniforms that look exactly like cops. So maybe people would be afraid to kick our ass. All right. Thanks. Uh, peace. Um, let's go over to Scott. Scott, you're on the Run of Fed show. Yeah, guys. Um, in the context of what he was talking about, he's talking about people who died in wartime. And going back to that other guy, it doesn't matter if anyone's actually served. He said he served. He was infantry, big badass. Listen, stupid. If it wasn't for the cooks and the freaking mechanics, you wouldn't be able to do your job either. So, yes, anyone who dies during wartime is, is quote-unquote a hero. Now, there's levels of hero, you know, of being heroic. So what about for the enemy? Are they heroes because they died? No, not not in our context. You're talking about us. You're but I do think that we should see. I think that we should have a universal context for what 
an actual hero is. Because I guarantee you, you take a guy like Patton, he would be able to say positive things about his enemy. You know yeah, what I'm saying? He would, he'd he'd have respect. Sit, he would have respect. He would have them. respect, and he would think, uh, this guy, I'd love to have him on my team. Just the same way that we kind of do in football. And I love the fact how, after 9-11, we, for a while, weren't supposed to say that there was a hero of a football game or a baseball game. But oh, that's, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's back. It's okay again. Uh, and the cops as heroes is uh, funny to me because... Everybody calls them a hero until it's time to give them a race. And then all you hear is bad stuff about cops. But when there's not, when they're not asking for a raise, everyone's ready to hit them with tons of accolades. Same with the firemen or fucking uh, teachers. Uh, Jeff, you're on the run of Fed show. Hello? Yeah. Hi, Ryan. Hey, how are you? Hey, I was wondering uh, if you ever heard Doug Stanhope's bit on the uh, support the troops thing. Have you ever heard that? No, let, let me hear it. Oh, it's funny. He, he talks about, he just talks about how uh, you, you support people on an individual basis. You should just Google it and maybe play it. It's pretty funny. I don't want to try to, you know, repeat his stuff. It is, but, uh, but just saying I will support people on an individual basis is a thinking fucking person's way to go. It's why I'm against the just throwing everybody into this one thing together. It's insane to me. Um, Let's go over to um, Rob Phoenix, Sherman Fez. Yeah, I'll tell you who the hero is. It's the guys in Afghanistan and Iraq that say, I'm not going to take part in the rape of this 13-year-old village girl. Hey, you know what? Nobody asks cops or soldiers to do what they do. They do that voluntarily. It traps my fucking ass when I hear a cop say, oh, I put my life on the line for you. You know what, asshole? All I ever see is you fucking beating the shit out of people in handcuffs and everything else. You know why the fucking people got to, they keep these private prisons full? Because if they fucking legalized or decriminalized drugs and shit, there wouldn't be a need for the cops, and they'd see how fucking useless they are. Those are heroes to me. Well, I don't ask no fucking cop to protect me. They do that shit voluntarily, man. And this is coming from an honorably discharged army veteran with time in the first desert storm and Bosnia. So fuck the soldiers. That's what I got to say. Nobody's asking you to do that. I finally realized after my 20s that soldiers are nothing more than henchmen for a bunch of corrupt fucking politicians. And that's what it's all about. It ain't got a damn thing to do with protecting the borders or shores of the United States. I'm a patriot and will die for this country if somebody comes here and tries to fucking overrun my country or my city or my neighborhood. But I ain't going to go overseas and fight for a bunch of corrupt fucking politicians. It's a joke. Uh, Rob, you were right behind Mike today in Caller of the Day. Um, but he does come up with a good point. When you enlist, right? Yeah. Like, it seems to me it's pretty heroic when drafted to then go. Like, I didn't even fucking want to do this. I was against this wholeheartedly. Your name was in a hat. But um, there's got to be some bravery of signing up knowing there's a possibility that could happen. There's a possibility anything could happen to anybody. You know what I mean? There's always... Uh, you take these truckers going back and forth across the country. There's possibilities. Iron workers. There's possibilities to die. But do you ever we ever sit around and talk about the hero iron workers? No, never. These machinists they risk their eyeballs. They um, these machines. But his point was there is 
choice to be made. And there's reasons, there's all different kind of choices. Some choices are I want to serve my country. Other choices are I'm going to end up getting a college education out of this. Other choices are I want to see the world. There's tons of, I got to get rid of my, away from my ex-girlfriend. There's all different, it's a complicated thing. It's a complicated thing. Um, let's go over here to uh, uh, Terry. You're on the Run Fest show. Hey, guys. How you doing today? Yeah. Hey, my wife's ex-husband just retired from the Air Force. He went over to, well, he didn't go over. He loaded bombs from hundreds of miles away, even thousands of miles away, for, for jets flying over Iraq and Iran. Or, uh, excuse me, Iraq and Afghanistan. The guy's a piece of shit. He raped my wife three times at the end of their marriage, but he plays the hero card every time there's ever a court hearing. These guys, I mean, granted, there's guys that are heroes, but this guy plays the hero card, and he's a hunk of shit. He was nowhere near combat, but he plays it up to his kids that he fucking was in combat, and he's a hero. I mean, there's guys that are genuine heroes, and then there's guys that are like this guy, who are just hunks of shit, who hide behind Well, that I think that's kind of my point of this. If you're going to call everybody a hero... What do you call the guys that actually do something above and beyond? Superheroes? What are they supposed to be? Um, let's go over to... Uh, I'll take one more and we got a break here. Uh, let's go to Steve. Steve, you're on the Ron Fetish Show. Hey, Ron. How you doing? What I can do for you, buddy? Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Band of Brothers, but there's one scene towards the end of the series where there's a whole bunch of Germans, German uh, generals surrendering, and it's kind of the theme of the episode where they, the Americans make the connection to the German soldiers, like they're everyday German soldiers, not the hardcore Nazis. Like, you know, these guys are just like us. They're fighting for each other. Uh, they're dying for their buddies, and I think that was the real heroic thing about it. Is in, in that sense, you're talking about can the enemy be a hero? I think in that sense... Uh, yes. It's very funny to me when to sit here when I said to the guys on the show, oh, can the enemy be a hero? And they had a, no, it American, doesn't exist. Not Americans. Yeah, uh, right. But all you have to do is look at the Civil War where we had Americans on both sides and were willing to call both sides. They were heroic. <laughs> the way that they stormed it, they were heroic. They were defending slavery. There is a lack of thinking that Some, goes sometimes. on. Yeah, sometimes. In this room, <laughs> that is just stunning to me. All right, we got Sean Dunn ready? Sean Dunn, yep, he's in reception. Tell me what's going on with his new documentary. What's it called? What's it about? Sean Dunn is now trying to get money up for his new documentary, Oxiana. Oxiana is going to be about Oxycon. It's about Oxycon, and it's about a town called Oceana. Oh, we Virginia. talked about them on the air one day, right? Yeah, someone brought it up that it's like it's basically the pill capital of the United States yeah. at this point. All right, um, let's break. We'll come back and talk about oxycotton. It's the Ron and Fez show. This is the Ron and Fez show. Fez show. Ron and Fez.
Fez show, our buddy Sean Dunn is in with us, who is a great young uh, documentary filmmaker, um, and also, and probably most important, introduced us to Johnny Corndog, yes. who we're now just a huge fan of. Yeah, he's, he's the best. Uh, the last, uh, well, the first time that I found out about you was the Juggalo film that you got that you did that made me look at that whole culture completely differently but the new film that you're shooting is uh well it's something i think you know talk about rip from the headlines we've done shows on it before it's oxycontin use yeah it's um basically uh that my friend colby here he came to me is there any way i could t can i do this yeah you take this off. um yeah he came to me uh a few months ago maybe six months ago after the juggalo thing came out with just a bunch of alarming stories about uh, oxycontin use and we found out about this whole pillbilly thing and i was like wow this is, it, it really it hits close to home for yeah. me which is what we'll, we'll mention um but, uh, yeah, in, in researching the film, we kind of drove around West Virginia a little bit, and we came across this one town in particular that is completely overridden with this stuff. And um, the name of that town is Oceana, West Virginia, and uh, th its nickname is Oxiana. So we're going to go make a film and just profile this and kind of in the, in the, in the same vein of Juggalos, uh -huh. give them a voice, hear it from their voice, not try to muddle it up with a bunch of expert you know, testimony, mm -hmm. you know, let's get a fancy doctor from New York to interview. It's it's the people. It's the people that are living through it. Well, you it. know, there was an article just the other day that we, in America, are doing 80% of the world's painkillers. So painkillers are very big here, where if you look at the rest of the world, you could be a burn victim and not get it. You could been your hand could have been put through a thresher. You don't get painkillers. Here, I can't sleep. I get painkillers. My back hurts. I get painkillers. Well, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, th that's why you know, m my dad, who, who struggled with this stuff, that's how it started. It starts with the simple thing, a back injury or something like that. And, uh, you know, this town in particular is filled with coal miners. And that's how this problem started there. Coal mine injury on the job. Go to some quack doctor. Uh -huh. Prescription. Next thing you know, you have an epidemic. Uh, this is your father with you, Jack Dunn. Jack, you have yeah, a background in this type of thing? Uh, yeah, Ron. A personal experience. Uh, um, back in, I'm a, I'm a disabled veteran, so mm -hmm. um, I served in the Coast Guard, and uh, while on active duty, I got injured and uh, eventually discharged, but uh, I, I had a back injury, which um, they prescribed pain medication for, and after my discharge, uh, the back continued to uh, degenerate. And, uh, you know, I um, took it on myself to continue to uh, pursue the pain medication for relief. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, the next thing that I know, and it wasn't necessarily the next thing, the very next thing in terms of time, but uh, what happened was the primary problem beca became uh, the uh, acquisition of and the use of pain medication and the secondary problem became the back. Right. So you actually went beyond prescriptions and well started, beyond. To, yeah, started <laughs> to self-medicate. Yes. But, but you did not know that you were an addictive personality before you had the pain. Uh, no, you know what? I, I don't think so. You know, yeah. I had my usual experiences. I came up in the late 60s, you mm -hmm. know, uh, so, you know, I, I guess you would call me a quasi hippie at one point, at right. one point, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, my fair share of exposure to partying, but I never felt that I had an addiction until, until I knew I had an addiction and yeah. that my primary purpose was to acquire 
the very thing that I thought was keeping the edge off, keeping the pain, allowing me to live, allowing me to cope. You know, uh, you know, in terms of you know having put this to rest, uh, all all I can say is is that. Um, you know, the primary problem uh, r really just created more problems. You know, the addiction created, uh, when I thought I was taking the edge off life, right. I was sharpening the edge. Yeah. You know, the edge became razor sharp, you know. And uh, this, is, it, this is a person who had a, a family and oh. we were doing well and he was doing well at work and everything. And for me, as a 15, 16 year old kid, it's pretty scary to see someone yeah. all of a sudden yeah. just fall into a vortex where... Yeah. So you, yeah. when your dad started to head down this, mm. you hadn't seen it coming either as a kid? You weren't like... No, we, we had a pretty cool. normal upbringing. He was a, a coached all my baseball teams, everything. I, 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 had, a, I had a great upbringing. And, uh, you know, like I said, 15, 16 years old I am. And all of a sudden, you know, he Arrests. was not himself anymore. Mm -hmm. Arrests, jail Arrests. time, everything. Impersonation of doctors, calling yeah. in my own prescriptions. Anything to get dope. Anything Whatever at all. it took. Yeah. That's what I need, even to go to work, continue to continue my successful sales career. You know, mm -hmm. it was, you know, uh, that and alcohol, you know, and, and then it comes to a point, you know, whatever it takes, it doesn't have to be that particular Vicodin or Percocet right. or Demerol, whatever has an opiate in it right. will do, whatever will take the edge off. And, uh, you know, for myself, uh, I'm a very, very grateful man, having put this to rest. Yeah. For me, it's been uh, it's been coming on. It's been five years since I've had any mind altering substance at all. You know, and uh, it's amazing to me the things that have come back to me. The very things that I was throwing away, thinking that the only way to keep them was to continue to medicate and and keep the edge off. You know. So what and kind I'm, of things came back to you after you? Uh, well, first of all, you know myself. Yeah. Myself, I got my dignity back, my self-respect. And that doesn't happen right away either, right? No, you know what, Ron? Yeah. Ron, it yeah. takes time. Yeah. It takes time. I was just talking with someone last night about that. Uh, you know, the time factor, in addition to the replacement factor yeah. that I think it takes. You have to replace that very thing that you love that is allowing you to exist with something that's more powerful. Uh, for me, it became, uh, you know, uh, the things that came back. Your original question was, what did I get back? got back myself, I got back my family, I got back my dignity, uh, the, the, things that, um, the things that were important to me at one time in my life are, you know, they're, they're fleeting, you know, the money, the cars, the mm -hmm. house, you know, the, the, the promotions, the career, uh, I got myself back, you know, and I'm able to help people today, you know, and that's what I do, that's really my primary purpose, you know. Other than you know, for sure, helping my son. You know, right. this is this is a great honor for me, by the way. And I that, I'm, that I'm, you're doing this with him. Oh, that, yeah. well, I mean, there, there was a point when we weren't speaking for years because mm. I, you know, it, it was he it hated was, me. He was completely out of control, and you know, it's uh, now we're best friends. Man. I can, I can remember Ron yeah. one night not to interrupt, but I can remember one night in particular. And I think Sean will remember this night. I came home, must have been about 9.30 at night, and Sean was still living with us. I think uh, you might have been uh, just yeah, launching, yeah, 20 or whatever. And uh, he had, uh, he was, you know, struggling, doing the best he could, you know, uh, paying his own bills and everything. But he was living with us. And I came home, and uh, I was, you know, had been on a tear. And uh, he, offered, he had $1,000 in his pocket. And he took it out, and he offered it to me. He said, Dad, take this. Just get out of our lives. This is in front of his mother. Right. My son... Asking me, please, I'll buy you out. Please get out. And you know what? That temptation was there. Let me take that money.
That's crazy. I can continue the run. It's insane. What I didn't take it. I went to a mm. detox. One of a few that I've been to. It doesn't. It's not an easy thing. But I think you know, and and you know, Ron, you know, you look like you might have come up in a little bit, a few years behind me. Yeah. So you're probably you know have vast experience, especially in the, in the entertainment world. Uh, you know, with uh, with the the downfalls and the pitfalls of of addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it, it's just uh, it, it's an amazing thing. I think you have to hit a bottom. I think you have to you know become sick and tired. And and this is you know the whole thing of recovery with people enabling you. Mm-hmm. You know, my my family themselves, my son, my daughters, my wife were told by my family stop. Letting them stay there. Stop, you know. Cut them off, you know. But that's a hard thing to do, you know. It's all, yeah. And it, it, it affects all everybody around you. Yeah. Um, talk an Oxycontin. Give us a call, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. You know a little bit about opiates now. What is it about Oxycontin, though, that seems like it's so much bigger than what was even 20 years ago or 15 years well, ago? I, I mean, I yeah. personally, with all this stuff, it's this, it's socially acceptable, and uh, that that's what's scary about mm-hmm. it is is you can go to a doctor for therefore it's okay. You're not buying it from right. some street guy right away. Um, you know, you I, could maybe speak more. Oh, too. absolutely. Well, you know, it's a synthetic form of heroin. It will produce the same effect that heroin does, uh, and uh, you know, it it will go to that that re- that pleasure uh, place in your brain. You know that, and and those receptors, and it will it will medicate you to the point of pure pleasure. Right. You know, if you speak to a heroin addict, there's nothing like that shot, man. You know that first right. shot. You know when it when it overcomes you, that warmth, that wash comes over you. There's nothing like it. But oxycontin is legal. It's pr- it's promoted and produced by the, the 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 power factors in this country. You know, which are some of them are the pharmaceuticals, mm-hmm. pharmaceuticals, banking, insurance, whatever. But uh, the point of the matter is, I think that OxyContin, and, 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 as just one of the pain relievers, you know, and Ron, they're coming out with more and more. They, right. There's a new thing called Opana I just heard about. You know, and it's it's really taking, it, it, I live just north of here, and, uh, you know, Sean doesn't have to do uh, a documentary on a town in West Virginia because it's prevalent in any town. Mm-hmm. There's many, many, many young men that I know of personally because of my involvement in recovery that are like 19, 20 years old. They're doing time already. All they can think about is to get to the gas station to meet Flacco or whoever the you know the next right. person. Dead it's, it's it real. I call them blanks. You know, it's 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 uh, maybe a negative term, but you know, these are people that you know they're they're there's two strikes against them coming out of the gate. You know, it's it's a very serious problem. I, I would say more than epidemic, but pandemic mm. problem. And uh, you know, how do we fight it? What do we do? Well, you know, the interesting thing that you said before is like when you're saying it's like heroin. When heroin was big, it was never this big. Yeah. But you knew who the junkies were. Sure. They were out doing junkie shit. Right. This <laughs> is all different ages, respectable people that feel like, oh, I've got this from a doctor. I'm going to eat this because right. I'm supposed to. Right. Exactly. Uh, you know, I'm going to take it before I get on an airplane because I have nerves. Absolutely. I'm going to do this. I have social anxieties. Absolutely. All these things. I drive better when yeah. I use it. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, let's go over here to John in Florida. Go ahead, John. Hey, Ron. What's going on, man? Hey. Um, yeah, uh, I currently am addicted to uh, Roxycontin. Um, I, I live in Florida. Um, there's nothing wrong with me physically. I'm in no pain whatsoever. 
but I go to a doctor, give him $250, and walk out with a prescription for 180, you know, Roxycontin. What do you tell him, though? What do you you make up that he'll hand this to you? Just say, you know, my back hurts, and, like, he'll drop his pen and say, you know, and, like, have you go get it, and you got to, like, just, you know, play the part. Right. And some doctors... They already have it written out for you before you even walk in their office. They don't care. These doctors are legal drug dealers. And, you know, just like the gentleman's story, I started off innocently enough with a little bit of knee pain, but once I found that wow factor of opiates, it was over for me. Um, we'll bring that up what do you think goes on with the doctors are they naive or they're fucking dangerous I I think some of them are dangerous I think they're not all that naive especially this is the year 2012 I believe in medical school today they do train them on on the fact that many of your patients will be looking for yeah um, leave it to him to be looking for, right sorry <laughs> they'll be looking for uh, um, a medication only and that they'll say anything and do anything Absolutely. Uh, you know, and in and, and Florida in particular, yeah. Ron, it's funny. I just read an article the other day about uh, a, a pair of brothers that were just convicted. They had the most successful pain management clinics going in Florida. Mm. Florida is, this young man is, yeah. is right. In Florida, it's it's very easy. Well, and, that's where we lived. Know, I think we I, we've spoken about that before. Yeah. And that's where I saw this problem get completely out of control. And that, that was when I was 15, 16 years old. And... Uh, you know, he'd go to work and be fine all week, and on Friday he'd come home, and it, we're dealing with a different person. He'd be drooling in my uh, dinner. Right. You know, what uh, part of Florida are you in? We uh, lived in Pinellas County. All right, we so, lived in Seminole. So you were well uh, open to all that kind of stuff down oh, there. I mean, yeah. there's a drug oh. culture. Oh, no, it is, sorry. no doubt about it. It's you know, vacation land. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, it, it, in in terms of what you asked Ron about the the doctors, um, I think that they're well versed these days, and, and you know, I mean, you might get an old man, an eighty year old doctor that isn't really too familiar with it, you know. But there's actual doctors, and they call them writers. Mm-hmm. They know why you're there, you know why you're there, and they're going to write for you. And the the thing that drives them is the almighty dollar, and. Uh, you know, I, <sighs> well, I mean, especially um, as, as this example in, in West Virginia, there it's part of the culture. It's coal mining, it, coal mining culture, yeah. and it's and it's necessary to have these coal miners out and doing their job yeah. for this town to even exist. Yeah. There's only fifteen hundred people. Got to show up for work, kill so, the pain, uh, yeah. chop some coal. <laughs> exactly. Here's Craig in Oregon. Craig, go ahead, buddy. Hey, what's going on, buddy? I I went to a doctor and you know I was having problems with my shoulder. They kept telling me it was a ripped muscle for about six months. Turned out it was a herniated disc. They just gave me, like, Vicodin tans for six months. Finally found the problem. I had surgery. Didn't really need the pain pills anymore. So I told them, you know, that I was waking up, withdrawing, that I was having problems. And instantly they put me on a list of, you know, basically being a drug addict and then quit giving it to you. Then, they, you know, they put you on the Suboxone and they tell you you're going to be on it for the rest of your life if you don't want to eat pills. I mean, there's 18-year-old kids where I live eating methadone like they're M&M's because doctors had prescribed them Vicodin for six months and, you know, they just assume that you're going to be hooked the rest of your life. I just don't get it. Uh, so you really uh, yeah kick I, had a reaction to that. Yeah. That Suboxone thing is unbelievable. You know, all that, well, Suboxone is actually an opiate, but what it does is it, 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 um, it, it prevents you from going into withdrawal uh, and having the serious sick 
the sicknesses that you get behind opiate withdrawal. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and it's a very expensive drug, by the way, and there's many, many people on it. And a lot of people will, you know, not take their Suboxone, and then they'll get high and then get back on Suboxone to just prevent the withdrawals. And it's just a preventative measure. Eventually, eventually, if you do want to stop using, you're going to have to go through that period of uncomfortability. Can't get around that. You can't get around it. It's going to have to happen. It doesn't have to be as bad as it's made out to be. Uh, we don't know, do that in America. We, we don't do that. We got to medicate. No you know, yeah. you know, And I'm a veteran also. And, you know, I'm not I'm not in, in any way saying that the, that, uh, the Veterans Administration overprescribes. They're, they're in the whole psychotropic drug thing. You know, they'll medicate for feelings and things like that. But they, they're, they're pretty much on the addiction thing. Let me tell you, 45% of the guys coming back from right. Iraq are on some kind of medication. Absolutely. 45% that... All right, you're coming back. You're having these feelings. Let's medicate Absolutely. you. Absolutely. As if that makes the feelings right. go away. They're no. still there, right. but inside a cloud. Right. You know? Exactly. That's the tough thing about it. That, and, and you brought this up, Sean. We really are getting less and less that we want to act like, hey, I've got something rough to deal with. Exactly. Uh, I, I've talked to people who go, uh, well, I was depressed. My dad died, and they put me on medication. You should be fucking That's depressed. Right. Your dad just died. There's right. a difference between depression and unhappiness. Yeah. yeah. You'll get through I, it. Absolutely. You know, uh, I, I think we go to uh, to great degrees and vast measures to uh, avoid our feelings, you know, yeah. to continue to function in the world as we see it. You know, it's just amazing. That's why I'm hoping I'm, 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 I'm pretty excited about this film that Sean's making uh, that he's calling Oxiana in name of the town Oceana, because uh, I think he's addressing uh, a, um, a, a very serious issue that, no, perhaps it can help. There was another film that I was channel surfing one night. Oh, it had to be six, eight months ago, and I, I mean, you might have seen it, Ron, called The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. Yeah, I did see that. Whew. You know, that yeah. was, that was, that held my interest, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, so, you know, perhaps in, in an entertainment fashion, you know, these, these, these films, you know, they hold our interest, but there's also a message behind it. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, I'm really pleased that you took the time to bring Sean in here to help him address that. Thank well, he's you. a terrific filmmaker. He really is. Uh, let's go over to Josh. Josh, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ron, how you doing this season? Good, man. Um, man, uh, back in the late 80s, my dad was a sheriff. Uh, and got in a fight with a prisoner and fell down two flights of stairs and broke his back in two or three different places. And uh, I was just a young kid, but as he had more surgeries and more surgeries to correct the problems, it went from Vicodin to Demerol to morphine. And one of his last surgeries, a nurse actually showed him how to take a morphine pill, crush it up, and cook it. Shoot it. And be, yeah. be able to inject it mm -hmm. so that you wouldn't have to take the pill and wait for it to hit you. If you crush it up and inject it, boy, it hits you a lot faster. And uh, um, he would take an orange and give me an orange and show me how to practice with a syringe on an orange so that if mom was at work. So you were just a kid um, at the time? Oh, uh, did I was like eight years old. Wow. Uh, and if he was, you know, in the back bedroom and, uh, you know, in a stupor, you know, he'd call me up and have me come in now, lay the Nintendo controller down and go uh, fill his butt full of morphine. 
Uh, that, that, that's one of the other things that's going on down yeah. there is this lost generation of kids who are being raised by their grandparents because there's a bunch of blanks out there who who are hooked. You know, Ron, you had mentioned uh, um, the, uh, you know, back in the day we knew junkies were right. junkies and, you know, it was like its own little segment of society. But it it is so prevalent today. I am not I am not surprised at anyone that I run into that is that tells me if they tell me that they have a pill problem, you know, or or uh, an opiate problem. Mm -hmm. It's it's so prevalent. It, there's addicted doctors, you know. We right. all know this too, you know. But I, I, it's just amazing. I think it's affected every segment of society. You know, I, I know that at one time, if I was you and I was a radio host, I'd probably, you know, get a nice little twist on before I uh, yeah. went on the air. You know what I mean? Because I sounded better and it was smoother, you know? Yeah. So we think, you know? And uh, Well, you write it for a while. It's, it's yeah. always fun in right. the early, early stages. Yeah. Uh, but only after you hit that wall. But yeah. the other, the other the part wall. of it is that the the fact of dealing with physical pain you had back problems absolutely it is an awful thing it is to deal with it is it is and and the only thing that can address it is pain medication right you know that's why they give it to you they don't even ask you when you come out of surgery you're hooked up to a morphine drip mm -hmm. and you hit that button every six minutes because it's necessary for the healing process to start but I love how he knows six minutes. Oh, yeah. absolutely! Every six minutes, hit that button, and uh, you know. So, 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 yeah. There, there's a definite need for it. But what happens with the addiction? What happens? You know, where do we? When do doctors stop writing? And and they have a, an oath that the, you know the Hippocratic oath. I mean, they're there to treat you too. So, mm -hmm. what do they do? Tell, what does what does your doctor say? You're a liar. You're you don't have any more pain. I know you don't. You know, but you know there has to be a point where. Um, you recognize that your own life is unmanageable, and I think that's why it's a personal thing. For me, it was a personal issue. I had to address my problem. It's not the pharmaceutical company's problem. It's not the coal mining company's problem. It's not the pain medic um, uh, management clinic problem. It's my problem. I, I created my own problem. I fell into it, but it's still a problem. So for you, the only way to deal with this is person by person, each person taking responsibility, each addict taking responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I do believe that. And yeah. and if, if you have some support behind you, um, the uh, perhaps the uh, the fellowship of other addicts that are doing it also, mm -hmm. you know, to support you uh, as you go through, especially your period of uncomfortability. There's also the detoxes and the rehabs, you know. Uh, you know, I, I've been in five or six detoxes myself and, uh, and a few rehabs. And, and I think it just came down to the personal understanding that, you know, I, I got to do this myself, you know. Nobody's going to sprinkle fairy dust on me or, or wave the magic wand and get me clean and make my life better. All right, Sean, how about for you? Here you are, your dad, uh, who's mm -hmm. making total sense, has his shit together with all this. But is there still part of you that goes, he could slip and I can't give myself over completely? I can't believe in this guy because the other guy might be there uh yeah there there was a, a long period of my life that 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 was going on i think um because lately of the many attempts well yeah and 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 me being the one at 17 years old dropping him off at a detox and believing this is going to be it and, and this, this is it We're, he's safe yeah. he doesn't even go into the detox just circles out, out of the parking lot and is back on the streets so for, for a while it, it was it was a real it was a struggle for me to to become friends with my with my dad again and uh 
you know, lately I've seen a, a it's it's a newer commitment. It's a different person. It's the person I remembered before all this. And, How long now? Um, four or five years. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, we we've we've had a lot of a lot of struggles in our family. A lot of lot of problems. Some uh, tragedies. And some tragedies. Which and, I used over. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think that 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 brought us together and and getting through things together and you know. It, it, it's a really tough thing. It's a tough thing to forgive and forget, but I had to do it if I wanted to have a relationship with my dad. And yeah. Here we uh, are. Oxiana, it is oxiana.com. There's a link up on the iBank. This is going to be Sean's new thing. Uh, new, And you're leaving here. To go well, leaving straight it. from here. We got the car downstairs. We're driving to West Virginia right now. There's even a Kickstarter thing if you want to be part of this. Um, yeah, we really need help with that. We're trying to raise money to make this, and uh, I, I've, I've paid all the other films. I kind yeah. of irresponsibly just put on my credit card, and <laughs> I, I don't have this money for this one. So, uh, all right, let's go over to Jerry in Philly. Go ahead, Jerry. Yeah, hey Ronnie, this, but the, just Sean and his father are talking about it. It definitely breaks my heart. I'm an emergency medicine doctor in Philadelphia. I just worked uh, two 12-hour shifts down in South Philly and in Center City over the Memorial Day weekend. I must have had about anywhere from 20 to 40 people come in with different complaints asking for oxycodone, Percocet, Vicodin, fentanyl, dilaudid, whatever I would give them, you know, and, you know, how do you say no to these people? I mean, exactly. how did, you know, they, they come in with, you know, their, their, you know, empty, you know, bottles of pills, their unfilled prescriptions that, you know, they've obviously been to dozens of doctors before. Now they're in my emergency room. I either call them a liar and say no and throw them out. Or I say, well, maybe this guy really does have pain. Maybe I, I do, as a physician, maybe it's my responsibility to give this guy 12 or 14 Percocet so he can get to see his own doctor. It, it's, it's a horrible problem. It really for, is, for, doctor. Thanks for checking in, by the way. It is, uh, it is an interesting thing to say if you're the guy to have to be able to call somebody who's screaming, right. I'm hurting. Right. I'm hurting, you're going to call that guy a liar. Yeah. Um, let's go over to uh, Paul in Virginia. You're on the Run of Fed show. Ronnie B. Yeah. I just wanted to call in, uh, actually back up this last caller, with his, uh, the doctor. Um, my sister and mother both work emergency rooms here in Virginia, and uh, they see it every day. They actually refer to these people as seekers. They come into the emergency room complaining of any particular pain, just looking for a quick prescription or just a pain shot to do them over for that time. Uh, and this is just a constant. And the weird thing is, too, how is that slowing down things? At the ER is all over. People are coming in with real problems. Right. And these people are clogging shit up just looking to cop. Yeah. It is uh, massive. To say nothing of the costs, massive the Medicaid, problem, yeah. the insurance, the personal payouts, whatever it takes. I would, I would find the money. If I didn't have insurance, I would find the money to pay that doctor. Yeah. If, and, and, you know, if insurance covered, oh, that's great. You know, it's just amazing. It's We've heard uh, from a lot of people out here, Ron. Andy in Virginia. Want to talk about Medicaid? Hey, buddy. Yeah. What's up? Um, I'm actually a criminal defense attorney down in Virginia, so I oh. see it a lot wow. after it's gotten really bad for people. But many of my clients are actually on the oxys, and Medicaid will cover it, and most of their copays are about $2. So if you're a junkie, it makes a lot more sense to get your $2 fixed for a month than it does to try to buy it on the street. Mm. So the Medicaid actually makes it easier for them to use emergency rooms rather than copping anywhere else. Well, that was one of the things. And fill the prescriptions. 
Yes, two dollars to fill the script. Yeah, well, that, that was one of the things when we when we first got down to West Virginia and we were uh, scouting. Um, I, I was like, you know, it, it might sound rude, but um, why aren't you guys using heroin? It, it's cheaper because they're paying between thirty and eighty dollars per pill. So wh- why aren't you guys just doing heroin if that if that's your thing? And uh, they said uh, you can't really come by it in a small town like this. Right. There's, not a, there's not a heroin dealer. There's the, the and drugs a lot that of we those get people are don't think of themselves as junkies. Absolutely. A lot they 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 they'll go and put heroin or crack or whatever in a different category. The exactly. doctor prescribed it. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's legal. <laughs> um, Phil, Phil, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hello. Yeah, Phil. Yeah, I grew up in Oceana. Uh, I left in 1990. It wasn't as bad back then. But uh, I'm following a lot of the stories there. A lot of people missing, and they're thinking that it's drug-related. A lot of people ending up dead. So, And a lot of people that I went to school with. But, uh, yeah, it's changed a lot down there just in the past 15, 20 years. A lot of missing people. That's a big thing there. When do you think it all started to go bad, Phil? Probably after I left. Yeah. (laughs) But when you were growing up, it was a nice place? It was a nice town? Oh, yeah. I mean... There was nothing like that going on. I think there was a lot of the pain medication, but it was mostly the adults and the coal miners like you were talking about. It just I don't know when the kids started getting into that, getting into their parents' pill cabinet, but, you know, it was, for the most part, a lot of the miners alone were on that. And they were, I think they've always had a little bit of a problem with that, but with the youth and the way it is now, it's completely different. It wasn't like that in ninety. Uh, my right. parents still live there. All right, I I appreciate your call, buddy. Here is a gentleman that only calls himself anonymous. Go ahead, you're on the air. Hey, hey, how are you guys? Good. Um, yeah, I just you know pretty much uh, mirror what um every everyone else is saying. And yeah, I'm, I'm from Philadelphia, and I you know I started off with uh, perks and then bikes and all that stuff, moved up to oxies, and it gets so expensive. I you know, unfortunately, moved on to heroin, and um, you know, with the doctors are so quick, you know, with the pen and pad, and you know, like you guys were saying earlier, with uh, um, you know, they just see dollars, and it's a shame. There was just a uh, um, a big crackdown uh, recently within the last year about these doctors around here. Um, up in the main line of Philadelphia, you know, just quick with the pen and pad and writing all these scripts for oxygen. How, how are you doing now, man? Oh, I'm I'm doing very well. I'm currently on Suboxone, and it's not necessarily a thing that you are on for the rest of your life. It it just depends on the on the person themselves. Uh, it's been well about five years uh, since I've done anything, and I've been on Suboxone. And I think it's great, and you know, also the great thing about Suboxone is uh, I forget the chemical that it's called, but there's the opiate. It, while it is an opiate, there's an opiate blocker in it. So uh, Jack wants to say something. Uh, I, yeah, I, I just wanted to know, uh, Mr. Anonymous, if um, uh, if you are aware of the fact that this continued use of Suboxone is eventually, if you if you ha- if you stop using Suboxone, if there's any plan to, you recognize that you're going to eventually have to go through the uncomfortability of withdrawal. Uh, oh yes, that's why I, I did that before I um I had gotten off, and I, I had t- you know. Do you think it's that? Un- Do you think it's going to be that uncomfortable? Um, it's not as uncomfortable as uh, heroin withdrawal, but it is de- it's definitely there as a withdrawal from Suboxone for about a week or so. 
you know, uh, not as not as awful as a heroin withdrawal, but there is a withdrawal that you go through for about a week or so. Mm-hmm. And yeah, eventually, when that person you know wants to get off the suboxone, feels they're ready. Yes, they're going to have to deal with that. And um, I've seen very few they, successes, but that's all yeah. no, right. And then yeah. you're not completely living in sobriety, too. So it's not Absolutely like not. your brain is working right. properly anymore. Right, exactly. Because uh, I think kicking anything, it really takes another year sometimes, too, even b- uh, before you start thinking like yourself again. Absolutely. Which, who the hell wants to hear that? Absolutely. But that's the straight truth, you yeah, know? It's the truth. It's a mental it's addiction. Um, oh, yes. oh, yeah, it's, it's physical, mental, spiritual. No yeah, doubt it about is. It. it really is. Emotional stuff. encompassing Stuff is shut off for a while. Absolutely. Stuff the way that other people just feel, the way you would just feel about certain things. Yeah. Uh, it takes a while. Uh, let's go over to John in Ohio. You're on Manifest. How you doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, my wife's on um, the 100 milligram morphines two to three times a day plus uh, Dilaudid for breakthrough pain. She was on fentanyl. And, uh, boy, that was an ass kicker when she, she got herself off the fentanyl because it was just too much, too potent, you know? Mm-hmm. What, 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 do you, what do they do for trying to get them off of that? She wants to eventually get off everything because she's... She never wanted to get on it in the first place. She's been on it for probably 10 years now. Personal decision. She's got to make a decision that she does want to get off it, and then that can be medically titrated. They, uh, a doctor can supervise your, um, uh, your detox. Uh, I, I, you know, if, if there's a real desire on her behalf to, uh, to clean up and get off the pain medication, especially if there's no more pain, then, you know, perhaps she should consider uh, a detox, looking yeah. into it. You know, really, it can be done. It can be done, especially if you let, um, she's on 300 milligrams of morphine and Demerol. Delauded. Oh, Delauded. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, she's, she's, she's got herself down to, to 200 a day. Because, <laughs> she's still floating. Uh, nice. Yeah. 50 yeah, she, would be, put, put me in the bag, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, it was, okay. I was on it. 30 milligrams and I went to uh, oh, yeah. woke up woke up four days ass. later right yeah, yeah my ass when I got off it yeah yeah I know it's it, it, it isn't easy but it can be done and it's um, you know I, I recommend it see that's the other point here just because you do have pain and all it doesn't mean that you won't become an addict you still in treating this thing the way you're taught to be treated if it happens over a certain amount of time you will become an addict it's physical with those people. It's not even, uh, you know, like setting out to get high. It just happens. Absolutely. It wakes you up in the morning, tells you where to go, what to do, and when to do it. And like you said, you really need a good doctor because you can't just kick on your own when you're at that point. Yeah. Uh, you'll end up pulling your goddamn own lungs out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's go over to Phil Mass. Phil, you're on run of Fez. Hey, guys. How you doing today? Yeah. Yeah, I just want to talk quickly about the impact that this is also having on the retail sector. Um, having worked in the retail, you know, pharmacy industry, mm. we, we have quite an issue with external break-ins and things like that for those same narcotics, and a lot of internal theft as well for those same narcotics, just to kind of get that drug out on the street for the people to push. And, you know, to your points earlier with the Suboxone, Right now, the retail industry is starting to see a real big push on a lot of loss for Suboxone internally. And these folks are obviously making a ton of money on it. And a lot of the smaller townships are having issues with a lot of these drugs on the street. Isn't it funny, too, that these smaller places where 
uh, the exact opposite during, let's say, the hippie craze of the late 60s. There would be no drugs there. Now, I think that there's more drugs in the center of the country than there is in San Francisco, oh, Chicago, yeah. New York. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, The Gathering of the Juggalos awakened me to that. And, yeah. and, and in a sense, this film's kind of a sequel. It's, it's what, is the, what are these people's lives like when, they, when, when they're they not here? When they leave when they The leave Gathering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, these are the types of people we, we were interviewing and that we're talking to. It, it's crazy. There's a lot going on out in the middle of the country that uh, that I wasn't aware of till the gathering. Oxiana.com is uh, Sean's website. Oxiana.com will also be a link up in a way that you can get involved because uh, there's a Kickstarter program, all different ways that you can get an associated producer credit. And I know, Hicks, all you've ever wanted to do is be on IMDb. That's, that's, that's my that's, dream. Yeah. I dream. need that. Here's a way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Here's a way is. to get yourself into the business. <laughs> Finally, we'll look it up. Um, Maybe you can get a cameo. Yeah. Here is, sure. yeah. <laughs> he could. He could be a poster. <laughs> Mike, you're on a fez. How's it going, guys? Yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, Fezzy, how's it going, buddy? Um, just wanted to say, um, you, you mentioned about the doctors not knowing or, no, or, or like younger ones being informed about this. My, my father's a PA down in the city. In, in New York City, and uh, he's he's in his 60s, and I'll tell you right now, whenever I've gone through pain, I've had a shoulder issue, a knee issue. He's always said, "Look, you got to get you got to get another opinion. Like if if you're on pain medication for a certain amount of time, you need to get checked out, get an X-ray done, get an MRI done. You can't, you know, like what, what you had mentioned earlier was another guy had a torn muscle or something. He didn't even know it. That's the thing. A lot of the doctors are are just prescribing." And you know, getting paid. Also, we're not we're not we're talking about the pharmaceutical companies also that are, that are helping this. You know, they're just prescribing the pain medication, and they're not treating the the, the symptom. So, and that's where you're going to find the fakers, where you know the guy comes in and goes, "I'm in pain. All right, where does it hurt? Let's go get an MRI. Nothing's showing up in the MRI. You obviously got an addiction. You know, and uh, like I, like I, what I was just reiterating is that I think that all doctors are trained. Doesn't matter on the age. I think that the ones who are writing these phony scripts. You know, they they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I want to blame everybody across the board. I just, it's become a a drug culture. It's just a drug culture, and I really do agree with Jack that it's going to be a personal thing, that you can't keep dope away from anybody any more than you can keep alcohol away from people. Pretty much. You know? Um, Absolutely. We are... A medicated society. We're a medicated society, and we're like a let's fucking party society. Memorial Day weekend turned into this long party weekend. If you mm -hmm. would have went back fifty years ago with Memorial Day, you probably would have been visiting a, a cemetery. You know what I mean? Like it as used to be as part of the day. Yeah, absolutely, a little be, barbecue and yeah, a parade. It would be a solemn day. Yeah. Now it's like let's have three days of parties. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, we do that, yeah. and you can't. You can't have it both ways. You can't act like this is all fun. But, you know, the other day I was watching this uh, show called The Chew, and it's all cooks, right? One of the guys who comes on, he's a doctor. The host says to him, hey, do you write scripts? And it gets joke. a big laugh yeah. from the audience, and wow. this is like a woman's show. <laughs> and I'm just like, everybody, knew. everybody knows. Hey, wouldn't it be great to be friends with a doctor? Absolutely. You know? Mm. 
I've ruined a few friendships. <laughs> <laughs> Do you even attempt to think I can go back and repair them? Or well, um, you know, if 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 uh, if they're put in front of me, if you know, by circumstance, you know, throughout yeah. my day, I run into somebody that I might have, you know, um, misrepresented myself and taken advantage of their position, I'll definitely, you know, yeah. make an amends. It's funny that you mentioned that doctor thing, though, because I have an ongoing back problem, and last week I was out for the week my back was worse than it had been in years and uh, i'm talking crawling to the bathroom at three in the morning with tears in my eyes couldn't even stand up so i had to go to an orthopedic uh surgeon for a surgical opinion i don't have any plans to take surgery but i'm also in um in a, in a claim uh in the veterans administration i'm up for an increase so this is going to be good for my claim so at any rate i went to the doctor and uh as soon as he came in the room I said to him, doctor, I'm not here for pain medication. I want to let you know I've been through all that. I've been prescribed all everything that can be prescribed for pain, and it turns into being that becoming my primary problem. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, he was happy about that because I saw a number of other people in the waiting room that I knew were only there for prescriptions, right. you know. So, uh, you know, it felt, it, for me, it was a landmark in my recovery, Ron. Mm -hmm. I said to a doctor, listen, I can't take that. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, and don't think that that didn't arise some little things in me when he's calling me last week. Oh, I'm crawling in the bathroom. I can't move oh, this and that. Fear. I'm like, oh, fear. Here, we go. This. here we go. We're ramping up again yeah. for this. But, you know, there's got to be a certain trust there. So, But it is still there for you. Yeah. I mean, is still there for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. It's, I mean, it's, it's an awful thing to watch such a great person destroy themselves and know that there's nothing that I can do about it and uh, you know he can only do it all and, the anger uh, all the yeah. admonishments it's nothing terrible. works well, and, that, and that's why that, that's that's really what inspired me to want to give these people a voice there's a lot of documentaries about this stuff and it's facts and it's this and it's that Let, let's hear what the people have to say you know the people in the town is who you really want to talk to yeah most that's who all. we're going to go talk to uh, oxiana.com it's uh you can follow along as Sean makes this film and also can get involved with it. He's got a Kickstarter program. Everything from buying the, more or less buying the DVD now or all the way up to being an associate producer. And if you've seen Sean's work, and he's just phenomenal. He's just a great young Thanks. filmmaker. Um, let's go over to Rob in Alabama. You're on Ronnie Fez. Hey, Ronnie B. I'm nervous to say I'm talking to you, man. Go ahead, man. I mean, I, I got a pocket full of uh, door tabs. I got a few Roxycodones. I've never once been hurt, man. I just started using them recreationally, and I can't stop using the motherfuckers, dude. There's nothing I, I'm trying to stop every which way, and then there's nothing I can do, man. There's nothing I can do. I use them at work, before work, after work. I'm drinking while I'm at work to amplify the shit. Well, I'll just, I'll ask Jack. Jack, you agree there's I'll, nothing he I'll, can do? You know what? You call me when we get off the air. I'll give you my phone number, young man, and there is something you can do if you want to do something. It's going to take a decision I, I on your behalf. That's what he does. I, I just can't. You know what I'm saying? I can't miss work or anything. I can't let anybody know about it. You, you know how that goes. I can't let anybody know about it. Nobody what, what do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? I, uh... I work for a financial institution. Let's just uh, okay. Let's and, that and, way. and 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 if a financial institution, so that's a, a fairly uh, a well-to-do company, most likely. You do not think that they have a human resources department, or they would not be sympathetic 
to, to a, one of their uh, key employees? It's actually a small business, man. Okay. Uh, all right. Then that's another story. But, you know, all, only in terms of maybe them not having a human resource problem. But are, yeah. are, are these people that you work for, you don't think they would be sympathetic to you saying to them, listen, I got a little problem here. I, I'd like to, you know, go away for 30 days. You have insurance? Hey. You have insurance? Uh, yeah, I do have insurance, and uh, you know what? They did do that with somebody else who had an alcohol problem, but uh, I, I just I don't want to. I, I believe I can beat this another way, even though I just told you. Just you, said, you just said you could. That's what I'm saying. Even though I <laughs> yeah, I know it's you. amazing. <laughs> it's all right. I'm with you. It's tough love from Jack Tom. <laughs> You know, I, I sound like a complete fucking dickbag, but... No, you don't, man. Listen, you know what? It takes one to know one. You know, and I'm, I'm serious when I tell you this, that, you know, that the possibility of uh, redeeming yourself for yourself does exist. Uh, I'm just telling you, when, are you, when you decide you've had enough, it will be enough. But what are you going to do? Not everybody comes through. You know? You know what they say, jail's institution of death. You been in jail ever? Uh, just one time. Nothing major. Yeah. Okay, well, and you know. And it's Yeah. Well, there's more of that coming, maybe. Go ahead, Ron. Yo, I'm yeah. pretty sure of it. Yeah, if I keep going where I'm going. You well, Rob, would you, do you, would you like to talk to Jack after? Yeah, you know what? I would like to talk to all him right. afterwards. I'm going to put you on hold, and we're going to take your phone number, all right? Thank you, Mr. B. Okay, buddy. Uh, let's go over here to um, Lou Scranton. You're on Fest. Hey guys, uh, I just I've been I've been waiting to talk because my wife's sitting by the pool listening to this. I've been on Suboxone probably for about four years now. Uh, started I was in college, started fucking around with oxies, then went up to heroin, then uh, ended up in a federal prison. And no matter what, every time I got clean, my life would go good, and then something would get me high again. So at this point in my life, I need Suboxone. I think maybe a half of the just to take the option up. Uh, your phone's kind of blowing out, dude. Oh, uh, sorry, but I'm just telling you, there's people that actually survive life through the box. Because, you know, no matter what, heroin always comes back. Once you're on it, it always comes back. And if I wasn't on the box right now, I wouldn't have a business. I wouldn't be providing for my family. And I would be getting high. All right, I, and I think what Jack was saying is it's just a temporary lull. You, yeah, you can't hurt. You can't hold, hope for a permanent fucking lull there. Right, I respect you in every way possible. I listen to you, Brad. I've been listening to you for about eight years now. When it comes to certain people, you're always going to get high, no matter what. And you're one of those people, aren't you? Um. And that's not an insult. I'm not yeah. trying to offend you uh, by any means. I'm just saying, you know, this suboxone thing is not meant to be a long-term, rest-of-your-life situation. I'm, I heard four years from you, five years from the other guy. When's it going to end? You're basically medicated. I think he's already off. His phone was kind of fucked oh, up. I'm sorry. Uh, you just passed this over. This yeah, is. That's a picture of me when I uh, got sentenced to 14 months in jail. You still carry this around with you I every day? It. Yeah. And I'll show it to important people once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> but is it something that you need to look at yourself? No, no, I, I know. You know, I know. But when I do look at it, I was, I was pretty well slayed. Yeah, my neck is a bone. Yeah, you look like shit. You I really like do shit. look yeah. like shit. Yeah. You've got yeah. your health back. Yeah, got good color to you. Yeah, but that isn't that many years ago. No, it's not. 
No, this was not that long ago. Yeah. 2005. Yeah. Um, com. This is going to be the new film for Sean Dunn. And uh, it's about Oxycontin. Um, let's go over here to... Um, let's go over to Steve. Steve, you're on Ronnie Fess. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, buddy. What's up? Uh, it seems like the uh, methadone clinics are just in the business of keeping you there when the doses go up and they should be going down. Well, methadone is a really uh, strange thing. I mean, you can see people passed out uh, down in the parks here. If they open up a methadone clinic in your neighborhood, there's going to be people napping. They don't Union wait. To, you know, they yeah. do it right there. Union Square is very, very big for it. But it is, a, it's like a heroin high. Absolutely. Particularly if you got a little Valium chaser. A little Xanax, baby. Yeah, a little Xanax, boom, you take it right over. So where, what are you hoping to do when you're on methadone? That's the thing. What are you hoping to do? By, uh, by a doctor, gradually... Um decrease your um, dependency by, by lowering the dosage. So I've seen people start from 85 milligrams a day to just uh, way up there three or four times. Two, two years later, they're not going down. They're, they're just getting, they're, they're staying there. Yeah, I, I would, I just, you off. I don't know how you go to work on methadone. I have no idea how you can sit down and right, how you do right. a relationship if you're on methadone. I do know that it'll take two days to smoke a cigarette. A lot of times you're in and out of that relighting. So it's, um, I, I mean, I guess if you've got a doctor to help you, you know, write and, it and down. And if you're but, serious, if you're willing to yeah. do your part, right, Ron? I mean, yeah. you got to do your part. Um, Doctor's not going to, the magic wand isn't going to happen. you got to do your part. Particularly if he's handing out meds. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be yeah. really tough for you to have an honest relationship with the guy who could get you high. Right. Um, let's go over here to Kevin. Uh, Kevin, you're on the Run and Fest show. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, I wanted to ask you guys. I got a, my stepson and his girlfriend are big time hooked on painkillers. And in the past couple of months, they stole about $5,000 from me. Should I trouble love them and just throw them in jail? Yeah. And maybe they'll learn a lesson. Or... I think Sean is probably the best person wow, to answer this out of everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's probably the best thing you could do. Yeah. I mean, the, the, it, it was such a relief in my life when he finally did go to jail. It was like a, a weight was lifted off my shoulders. And we didn't speak that whole time he was in there. But my family was able to go back to normal and we were able to, I was able to go to work and not worry about getting a phone call that he's overdosing or, you know, something, things along those lines. And, uh, you know, a lot of the times, you know, the people we spoke to in West Virginia were like, it's just as easy, if not easier, to get the drugs in jail. So, I mean, I guess it depends where you are and what level of corruption is going on. I mean, you yeah. know. Yeah, well, it wasn't the case where I was, but, you know, I, I, I guess it could have been done. You know, I, I wasn't in a state prison. I was in a county jail, but I, I mean, wasn't, I wasn't really looking for $5,000 is a lot of money, you know. $5,000 is a lot of money. That's a felony. away for a while, yeah. That's a felony, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, maybe yeah, you want to... You know. That's what I've told them. That's a felony, and they got a six-month-old baby that I love. Oh, oh! And, you now you're bringing the babies in. It, it, yeah, it's a listen. This it, I don't want to do with them. I, I'd like to knock them both in the head, to be honest well, with you. Well, then you'll get arrested. Then I go to jail. <laughs> yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Uh, but Sean, you got no problem saying no jail. Oh yeah, go yeah, get him in there. Uh, here's uh, Tony. Tony, you're on my face. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey. Hey, um, 
I've got a couple of cousins that live in Oceana. I'm sure Sean has either talked to them or will talk to them. Uh, they're both in their late 20s. Their dad died when he was in his late 40s, early 50s. He had a massive coronary, but he was already suffering from emphysema, black lungs, and working in the mine. About a year and a half later, the mom committed suicide because she couldn't live without it. They're, when I talk to them, I haven't talked to them in a few years, but the last time I talked to them, like they were saying to me, the biggest problem in Oceana is not just the drugs, but it's that, that sense of fatality they have, that their education is bad, so they're either going to have to work in the mine and die before they're 50, or get out of town, but they can't get out of town because they don't have a good enough education to go to a college or get a real job, so they see it as, well, I can just live off the government, get high, and just wait for the inevitable. Mm. It's a grim situation, and um, everyone we talked to down there kind of reiterated that. There, there's no culture there. There's no movie theater. There's not nothing a bowling alley. There's no bars. There's nothing to do, and they don't see any hope. And I, I think, and I wrote this, and you can see if you go on the website, um, you know, one of the themes of this movie is, is what happens when people stop buying into the American dream and all that bullshit. When, what, what is America like post-hope? Because there is no right. hope for these people as in their eyes. The weird thing is a lot of those folks in the middle of the country are the ones who will still fly the flags, still listen to the country's songs, mm -hmm. still have some connection with church, that they were the last ones to uh, become cynical at all, and they seem to be getting the grind part of the boot well, over it. That, that was one of the strange things. We're, we're driving around with some guys down there, and one of the guys shoots, um, he shoots Oxycontin to, into his hand in front of us. And, the, you know, he's a little bit out of it. The day is going on, and uh, I said, goddamn something, and he was like, whoa, 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 stop. That, that we don't stand for down here. Yeah. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. And I'm like, yeah. You just whoa. shut up in your right. Yeah. What? Wait. Look what you're doing to the temple yeah. of your body. It was really eye-opening. Really eye scary. Right. Yeah. Uh, your secret Santa. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, how you doing, guys? Great yeah. show. Um, I just wanted to know if I want to uh, contribute to the, you know, to the movie, what do I have to do? Um, you just go on the website, oxiana.com, and uh, when you get on there, there's a link to a Kickstarter page, which is a fundraising effort. And uh, basically, the way that works is we're trying to raise $50,000 by June 26th, and if we don't meet our goal, then we everyone gets their money back. And if we do, um, we get the money and we can make the movie. Uh, this have. is by far the biggest budget you've ever looked Hands at. Hands down, huh? yeah. Like I said, yeah. the other ones I just did ragtag through on the credit card, but we got to really spend some time down there, and we got to really treat this the way it needs to be treated. It's so, you, really so you're looking for like 50 grand overall, so between now and basically June. a month from now, you're looking to raise 50 grand. Yeah, I'm yeah. Asking, how close are you? Um, right now, we're, this morning, we're, at, we're at 12 percent. We're at like 13, yeah, yeah. 12, 13 percent. We're at a little over uh, seven thousand dollars. So we're looking for big backers too. For for ten grand, you could be a, an executive producer on the film. You come to film festivals with us, do the whole thing. Uh, we got a bunch of things on there, and then you know, even for for twenty five bucks, it gives you uh, it'll give you a download to the film for when it's done. Okay, can I speak to somebody maybe offline and get some you know personal contact information? Sure, I'm going to put you on uh, hold right now. Okay, sure. Uh, you can run over and talk to them in the other room if you want to get his yeah. information. You want to? Um, if he's ready to go big here. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's get, go over let's here go. to Tom Darwin. to go big. Darwin, you're on running fast. I like the way you roll, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, let's let's do Jerry this. Lewis. Hi, Ron. Hi, Ron. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> what do you got, Darwin? I, I'm in a VA. I beg to differ about the VA. I'm in a VA facility inpatient. It's a lot different. They push some drugs on people. I had to, I had to refuse them for two months 
before they took them off my orders. And they, they just... They talking about opiates? People. Talking about opiates? Yeah, yeah the, Zach, the, the ones you're talking about, yes. I, there's guys in here, and they're saying they know what to say, how to get oh, them. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. And they got they they say the number eight. What's your pain level? Eight. Always eight. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Always say Not eight. Not enough for eight. an operation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I I I I quite understand. You know. But I also know that's a whole other system that could be milked too. I've done it. You know. I mean. Uh, well, that was the scary yeah. thing about having him out there is this guy can be the most charming motherfucker you've ever come across right. and so convincing in his sales background. I mean, it was it's stressful. It, it was really it was a stressful thing for me. Yeah. All these qualities being put to good use these days, Ron. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I'm being punished for refusing them. Oh, I feel no. like I'm getting, uh, they got a whole different attitude because I've been speaking up against this. And they got a whole different attitude now. Where, what you're inpatient in the VA uh, on on what kind of unit? I'm in a CLC, a, a living center. I'm uh, here to wait. I'm um, get a prosthetic for a leg I got missing. Mm, okay. And, I, and now I'm having trouble with that. They're they're putting the block up. I've written my Congress or my Senator Grassley, which is on the drug narcotic board about this kind of thing and now i'm really getting i'm i'm this is not a bad this is a bad situation for me i believe speak to your patient but, advocate oh yeah i've been there done that i too. have too yeah. i know that can be a whole nother trip but i suggest you do it and listen nobody can force you to take narcotics no <laughs> no be kidding but, me. but they're punishing me for not doing it in terms of how what's the punishment then what are you they're making your march? I'm a homeless vet. They're th I'm clean and sober for the first time in a lot of years. A lot of years. But you're taking and narcotic they're, pain they're medication? They're threatening to throw me out of here. Yes, they are. They're threatening the VA police to throw me out of here. She was just up here this morning telling me, you're going. You're okay, going next well, Tuesday. And I go, you know, I, I, I tried my senator's. And, and Grassley did respond. I will admit that, but it doesn't seem like I could, they fear no one. They fear no one. Keep fighting, brother. Yep. Stay in there. Okay. All right, man. Take care of yourself. Uh, the film, which the guys are going to just start shooting immediately after they leave here, is, is Oxiana.com. You can find an, a link up for the iBang. And we've talked about this before with Sean. He's just a terrific filmmaker, and I'm going to look forward to seeing this. And Johnny Corndog's doing the music. Is that right? Yeah, That's yeah. We're, we're working on some original stuff. It's gonna be it's gonna be really cool. And you're doing this with your dad. You're taking your dad down. No, there. Yeah, no. He's he's helping out, kind of yeah. me articulate the story and, and why it's a personal story to me. Um, we might get him down there for the fourth week of shooting. Yeah. You never know. But and, uh, and Ron, by the way, you know, we were thinking after we wrap this one up that maybe we'd like to do a little documentary on you. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Okay, good be <laughs> As if you're not famous or infamous <laughs> enough, right? Uh, thanks so much for stopping Thank by, you. guys. Really I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you, and, Ron. Uh, we'll stay in touch through all this. Thanks so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks. This is the Ron and Fez Show. Ron and Fez.
It's the Ron Fez Show. On what scientists is now called a Tuesday. Booze day. How could you say that when Jack's so close? <laughs> uh, we got up on good question today, too. And Chris Stanley, it's one for you to take a look at. Right. Should it be easier for people to get pills, Oxycontin, or should it be harder? Um... It should be easier. If, if, I mean, if it was harder, people are still going to be doing fucking down. They're still going to fucking find them. There's someone's going to be selling fucking OxyContin. Someone who gets a prescription legally will sell them to someone to then resell. Fez Watley, what do you think? It should be harder. Almost impossible. Where you're dealing with one, somehow the doctors should all be tied in with each other. That shows, you know, if you've already gotten a prescription for this. Well, they are. There's computerized things that they can follow. Uh, it's just that some people have different feelings about how lax they'll be with it. Uh, I tend, why, and why would you make it harder? Um, I just, I've just, from what I've seen with my brother, how easy it is for him to get prescription after prescription. I understand that. So, what benefit would come from being harder? Uh, it would be less available out there. Do you do you really think that that's the availability? You know, I just don't think that that's the only thing that creates or doesn't create fucking addicts. I got to lean towards uh, something Jack said where each person, no matter what your circumstances are, you are responsible. Basically, you want to get fucking high all the time, you can get high all the time. I think it's more about the people who think... They can change themselves or they can change the world. You know what I mean? Like, which one would be easier? And most, there's a lot of people, the people who don't want to take responsibility for their actions go, if the world were different. My life would be fucking perfect. Yeah, then my life would be perfect. Not that they would make any better choices or <laughs> do anything, but it's almost like if a fat guy said, hey, if I lived in a place without candy and carbohydrates. I'd be ripped. You know? If I was only born in Pakistan, instead well, then, of himself taking responsibility. Maybe you know? I'm fucking 15 pounds of hummus every day. <laughs> he <probably laughs> fucking swarm. I can't get enough of it. Fuck. Just, I mean, I don't even need a spoon. I think they're so right about just fucking. Mm, is this halal? Um, I had someone write in, there has to be better warnings and explanations. I think everybody gets in their head that most people don't really read the medical things that they're into. And uh, there was just an uh, older person that I know, uh, 70s, had I think either like a hip or knee replacement and ended up getting oh, hooked shit. on painkillers. And it was a woman. And when they tried to etch her down she started really really misbehaving and she got the dt's right Straight yeah up. it would only be considered like a freak out and she just believed in the in the doctor and the doctor probably wasn't paying that much attention um but until she finally just went off of it there was nothing you could do there was nothing you could fucking do it's fucking scary It's very, very weird. All right, it's the Ron and Fez show. There's uh, something that somebody sent us, they said, claim as a...
crazy fucking commercial that's up. By the way, you can go over right now on the little debate we had on Good Question uh, on the Nation of Downs. We brought this up. We eat 80% of the painkillers in the world. <laughs> we get painkillers, and I'm not even kidding you. Some motherfucker who catches on fire in Rwanda can't get a painkiller. No, no, he's, he's not. Some top. fucking dudes with fucking AIDS and mouth cancer can't get a pain pill. We get it here. You get pain pills. After you get a teeth cleaning, they'll give you pain pills for a week. Yeah, well, I don't want to feel uncomfortable. I don't want to feel a little, you know, from where you scraped. <laughs> the fact that you can get incredible amounts of what could be called medication for no reason in this country. Hell yeah, anxiety. Um, so that question is up there. I don't know whether making it harder. I kind of agree with what Chris said, where, you know, you're just asking for stuff to go illegal. And I don't know if you can live in a society that pushes alcohol the way we do and act like that is different than a drug. Because I got news for you. If you're an alcoholic, you're a drug addict. There's no... You need your liquid drugs. It's just that. It's a fucking dope. I need my liquid drugs. Can I have some liquid drug, please? <laughs> I'll drink them. Do you want the fast liquid drug or the slow, take your time, and All throw day. darts? <laughs> According to this one, I can't throw darts on this liquid drug. What the fuck? None of the liquid drugs can you dry on. This liquid drug you can't fuck on. Well, I'm not touching that liquid drug. Um, that's up on a uh, good question today. Uh, this Pringles thing, we've got to figure out if it's even real. All right. It's Pringles loves tiny hands is the way that it was sent to us. But let's give it a, a quick look. Making one hand smaller was a common practice in the Ginseppi tribe. One tiny little hand was needed to participate in the sacred rituals. Nothing was more precious to them than their tiny little hands. Considered a status symbol among the tribe. Summer solstice, the Giuseppe tribe gathers around the fire at sundown. To share what they call Aranchipcha. The tribe doesn't know that these are easier to eat like this. And then they shot him in the neck with a blow dart. Yeah, and then it's like the documentary's over, and there's titties everywhere. I don't think they'd... Were the titties out? Yeah, there's bouncing titties. Check that shit out. I wasn't even paying attention. Yeah, there were titties there. 
Look, see? Bouncing tits. Oh, yeah. That's what makes good call and not safe for work. That's why I think this isn't real. Yeah, I don't know why Pringles would go, we got an ad. We're going to have to go viral with it, though, because the tits are out. I don't know if I've ever heard of a major corporation going, we'll bring in some of that. We'll get some natives in here. The tiny hand thing is fucking hysterical, though. And the fact that you don't normally see the voiceover guy get killed in any commercial. <laughs> There's some more titties at the beginning of it, too. Uh, see, I missed that. I was paying attention to the foreground. <laughs> your background, motherfucker. <laughs> You're like Mike Zito with your dick out at church or in the pool. What, you guys didn't do that? No. I love taking my dick out wherever I could. Oh, that's up, by the way, on the iBang uh, right now. Getting ready for the 3 o'clock snack, too. Mm. I need one after all this uh, dope talk today. Lots of dope. I dug Jack, though. I might want to do something with him some night. We're talking about just doing a straight, like a fucking dope meeting thing. Maybe do it at night. Oh, wow. That'd be fucking wild. For the dopers who like to dope up and talk about it. And just have some nice dope. Well, we won't have dope. We'll, we'll talk th- about why we ain't having right, dope. Okay. Oh, it's all right. Got confused for a second. That's all right. Did you uh, identify with Sean because your dad was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was part there. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that happening. Going, but did you feel bad that, that your dad didn't come back for you? Oh, no. But... He didn't, he, he didn't come back. He was on the methadone for fucking like 30 years. And it wasn't until he gave pills was when it really got bad, which is fucking bizarre. It's the mixture of together. Methadone is a very weird thing. I don't know how you can be fucking doing shit while you're on methadone. He was, he, I think he held a job. He drove a cab on fucking methadone. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was in the 80s, though. I'm telling you right now, them brake lights come up on you quick. Because you're fucking seeing, it's like they take a couple of the fucking... Yeah, he held that down for a while. He drove truck and shit. He was a trucker. Jesus. Hell yeah. He loved it. Uh-huh. You give him some fucking Xanax and it's over, though. It doesn't make uh, any sense. Three o'clock snap. Oh, shit. Let's see. Because I don't even know what we got. It just says volleyball, playing volleyball from behind. Uh-uh. Already exciting. Who doesn't love volleyball? With women, not dudes. Um, all right. I'll just say this. Uh, Rorschach says two tone, two fit. God forbid. He likes a, he likes a nice round ass. God forbid Rorschach isn't happy. Oh. Well, these are kind of athletic asses. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether all guys are in athletic asses. You can see that it costs you a little bit, though. As an athlete, will cost you somewhat of a bouncy, nice, round ass. Yeah, they just um, try to stay in there's a, co- there's a couple in here. Brazil represents well. Always. We can always count on Brazil and their asses. Oh, shit, there's Kobe. Yes, Kobe Bryant. That's his ass. <laughs> Damn, girl. 
All right, what's your pick right now? I like uh, row one, picture three. Well, she's very pretty, but a little bit of a boy ass. Yeah, it's a smaller ass. But she's got a very nice skin tone to her. Yes. Thrilling. <laughs> um, two, picture three, I like. Uh, and then Kobe's girl... Row three, what is that, picture five? Yeah. Yeah, three, row five. Now, those girls, I actually remember, they won a gold medal, I believe. Oh, shit. And that's very muscular thigh and ass. They're ripped. Um, Joe, you tell your own first. Hey, Ron, that last guy you interviewed, Sean, he talked about um, if you have a major problem in life, that you could just go talk to HR, it'll give you 30 days off. Why doesn't Fez do that and check himself into inpatient? Okay, you turn that on us. Fez was having a nice, quiet day today, and he had to hear about that. He has said before he was willing to go to inpatient, mm -hmm. but then he hasn't done it. He's kind of my... I'm kind of like Sean, where I want to have that thing where yeah. he came back, and then I can say stuff like, he put me through hell. But I think Fez is going to end up saying that to me, like, you put me through hell. Holy shit. That I thought be... I was crazy, but you were crazy. That would be fucked up. Like a mind fuck. There should be some kind of hospital where there's two different sides that me and Fez go into, <laughs> and we both think the other one's inside. That sounds like a fucking TV show right there. That's right, motherfucker, like a TV show. <laughs> Fuck. I'll watch that shit. Just fucking going in and out of hospitals all day long. You sure you watch or you just say that? No, now? I'm going to watch. You didn't stay with Awake. That's true, I didn't. You didn't stay with any of the fucking new Lost shows. <laughs> I doubt you're going to be there for uh, Bedrock 2012 when they turn back the lights off. That looks good. Terra Nova's off, right? Terra Nova. Yeah, that didn't last at all. Fez, do you think you would consider checking in for 30 days in the hole? Uh, yeah, I would check in for 30 days. If, if it meant I would quit being a freak out. Feel like a freak out today? A little bit of one, yes. Maybe you need to get on some of those pills that we're telling people not to take. Roxasets. Valium. How come you never look into it then? Do you want me to make the decision for you to be checked in? Well, it's I keep thinking I can get myself back together and I don't have to do that and then it doesn't happen. Had a good time on the Xanax show. Mm, we did. But you still eating strips of Xanax? No. No, I don't take any of that stuff. Uh, Bob, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. I, I, you know, I used to listen when you guys were over on uh, on K Rock, and I haven't listened in a long time. I started listening again a little bit, and I never. I, it, it doesn't make sense now because Fezzy was just talking, but I never hear Fez talking. He has a little bit of trouble. He deals with some anxiety issues, and then I think you know I get all ball busty. Like, well, the other day I was actually cranky. I actually said to Fez, "I go, I apologize to you and Hicks for how cranky I was on Friday." I didn't bother telling it to Hicks because he sees anything like that as just being pussy. Um, you've got the new intern today? Yes, our new intern started uh, 20 minutes ago. 
What name are you giving this person? Right now, it's just Joe. I, I don't even, I never even say two words. So I'm like, hey, you're the new intern? Okay, get on the phones. What about Kokomo, Joe? Maybe that's a possibility. I did it rhymes. Send Kokomo in, would you? Kokomo, get in here. <laughs> the last Joe we had was Killer Joe. So this kid has a lot. Of Wait, who's Killer Joe? Killer Joe was an intern that actually was in between our XM days and these days. Like, he came over for like a week. I don't remember Killer Joe. He had like a bum heart. Show Kokomo how to open the fucking door. Uh, Joe, I'm worried a little bit about your arm, uh, upper body strength. You couldn't get the door open? Well, yeah, I can lift 50 LBs. You know, I, I, I already like him, dude. <laughs> I like his look, and I like him saying LBs. Oh, thanks. Give us a little bit of background, Joe. Uh, well, I'm from Minnesota, St. Yeah. Paul, Minnesota. I just got in New York two days ago. All right, I fucking dig him. <laughs> and I live in Bushwick now, if that helps. All right, like a hipster thing happening, right? Yeah. So it's just for the summer? Yeah, yeah, just for the summer. I'll be leaving in September. Now, what made you want to come into Brooklyn for the summer? Uh, well, it's New York for one thing. Minneapolis is a little bit smaller. Yeah, and uh, just Chancellor, New York. How are you enjoying it so far? It's awesome so far. I went to the beach yesterday. Where'd you go? Coney Island? Rays, uh, Rockaway. <laughs> Rockaway. Rockaway <laughs> Beach, oh like God. the Ramones. No. Like the fucking Ramones. All right. Beach. Uh, first of all, let me say this. I know this without even going any further. He's going to be fucking great. He's fucking he's coming got, in strong. Yeah, he's oh, got well, a you. whole fucking vibe, a whole personality, uniquely his own. Um, so you're going to be with us how many days a week? Uh, three days a week, I believe. Right. Through one and what are you doing the rest of the summer? Uh, I need a job. I need to find another part-time job yeah. right now. So if anybody out there has leads for a job. <laughs> yeah, that's me, what they're doing. They're giving know. away a lot of jobs yeah. these days. Craigslist. Yeah. Craigslist. Yeah. Okay. Craigslist. All right. I like Joe. Uh, a ton, Joe Strong. And Joe, Thank what you. is what is your like future goals? Future goals: uh, work in broadcasting, radio, television. How come? Uh, I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun just to help be able to put on a show. All right, yes. I like him. That's yeah, good. I like him a lot. Good answer, Kokomo. <laughs> I like him. I like the fact that he can fucking lift uh, fifty lbs. Yeah, fucking fifty-five at least. Yeah, yeah. all right. He's I fucking strong. Wow, you know it's no big deal. All right, dude. I'm, we're gonna have a great summer. All right. I brought you in to bust your balls, but I already like you already. All right. Sorry. All right. Let's see if you can run back there, though. Get run back, back on the, the fucking other. phones. Yeah. Go. I like hey, him. guys. Go. I like him. He's, uh, hey, nice looks like he shaves his legs, too. That's weird. That's kind of like a rayon-esque outfit. I don't know. It's a little weird. I don't understand what that means. Like, that denim looks shiny to me. And what you call it? Rayon-esque? Rayon-esque. Like, rayon's yeah. a fucking fabric, right? It's like fake silk. <laughs> uh... Right, there are some uh, complaints people are actually writing in that these girls could be a little more athletic. Well, you know, you've got the cherries from yesterday still up there. Yeah. Um, snack Girls Going Fishing is still there. And um, there's something nice about both of those. The fishing one I found to be very exciting. Because I didn't think I would be turned on by a girl with a fish. But it started working. Look at that. That's sexy. That is. Look, she caught that. It is that. sexy. It's like, hey, you're, you're going to go out fishing with me. <laughs> then we're going to cook this when we get back. I do, you know what, this is a very weird thing about me, but I've always liked the kind of tables that you clean fish on. I always find them great to look at. Like a fishmonger fucking table? Yeah, I wouldn't even say fishmonger. I mean, just one that you have for yourself. It's a nice wooden table. It sits up. You can also like clean crabs there or clams. Mm. But you got to have one of those tables. 
And I like a wooden one. I don't like what you say in there, the plastic. I like an old kind of beat up wooden one that's been there a long time. No idea why I find that like a great piece of furniture. You know, we've never really done enough shows on furniture building. Maybe that's something Kokomo Joe can look into. All right, I'll put him on that. I got news for you. Yeah. And I am I did this with Fred. Kokomo <laughs> Joe is, and I'm not even going to forget him like I do a lot of the interns. Like, obviously, Killer Joe is out of my head. Yeah. Um, Danny, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yes, he wanted to do some fun about I got a nickname for Joe. Co-host. Everybody's a little rough from fucking Fezzy today. We didn't even do anything. Mm-mm. You know, Hicks, I got to tell you. Yeah. You're a girl that you picked. Yeah. I did not pick her for ass purposes, but I have the feeling that if you turned her around, she'd have an extremely pretty face. That's what I felt. I also think she's 12. <laughs> you think that young? Take a look at just her body. That's a kid's body, I believe. <laughs> That's why I worry about you. Hey, I don't touch. Uh, K- Chris. <laughs> she, okay, L- looking back at it. She's she, tiny, too. She's like four feet tall. She's small, young lady. What is it, Chris? Hey, uh, uh Miami Dolphins. this year. You're all fucked up, dude. You're all fucked up. I'm interested in that film being made. I'm a big fan of Sean Dunn's filmmaking. I am. The American Jungle was fucking awesome. And now I dig his dad in a big way. He's great. I like when a guy can just fucking come in and be a man. And a big part of that is like, you know what? I fucked up, but I'm going to make things right now. Take some time, whatever. What I can't stand is I fucked up and I'm still fucking up. That drives me fucking crazy. But when someone says I fucked up and I want to pull out of it, I'm here to fucking make it right. What more can you say about a person? That's it. Just got to fucking lay it down. Is there something you'd like to say to us, Chris? I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. So you're my thing that I can't stand. Miami Golfins are doing hard enough. You just yelled golfed up. (laughs) Is that what he was trying to tell us? I do believe so, yeah. Miami Dolphins... Hard knocks. Finally, they got a hard knocks fucking team. Seven teams declined it. Why wouldn't they? You get nothing out of it. Tonight, it's very exciting. For the first time ever, I'm going to tell people to go to CNN. You get at 9 o'clock, Regis is hosting um, the English show, whatever that is. Pierce Morgan's fucking show? Yeah. Is that his name, Pierce Morgan? Yeah, that's it. And he, his one and only guest... David Letterman. Oh, fuck. That's great. So that one just means fuck the rest of the world tonight. Now, I will be into Hatfields and McCoy uh, night two. I don't know how this can go on for six hours. <laughs> it's, a three, it's a fucking event on the History Channel, right? It is. You thought you knew about the fucking Hatfields and McCoys. You didn't know shit. And they actually said it took us doing fiction... Before we could do any facts. <laughs> the History Channel. It's the worst. Um, let's go over here. Lady Trucker. Hey, I was thinking about inviting Fezzy out on the road with me again, but 
You know, I never extended the uh, invitation to you, Ron. Would you like to go out on the road with me? If Fezzi goes inside for a month, uh, I'm going to have to think of something to do that month. This could be the summer of Ron. Hitting the road? Just yeah. fucking bouncing around all over this fucking place? That'd be cool. Yeah. I'll just do it upright. Just see this fucking country. Maybe on a motorcycle like then came Bronson. Maybe in like a fucking Winnebago like Shazam. Like Mentor and Shazam went around trying to help people. Rock the rock the bike. That's badass. Ah, big Winnebago, I got a place to crash at night. <laughs> Stay at campgrounds with people. <laughs> get off you in a cup of joe. I want to meet and get involved in an adventure with you this week. Solve some problems for you. I'm on the fucking run. This is perfect. You came along at this moment. Or maybe it's just me and Lady Trucker. You know, I'm riding shotgun for her. Refusing to drive. Sorry, I don't have that kind of license, Lady Trucker. I'm just going to sit here and roll joints. Don't want to get you in trouble. I mean, if we get pulled over, you're fucked. I don't think she'd mind fucking doing all the driving. I'd spend all that time just trying to work the fucking radio, seeing how many times I could find hey on any fucking afternoon. <laughs> I like I can invent, I'm like a really great person to take a road trip with because I will invent fucking games. This fucking hey game sounds great. It is. Shit. Wow, already. Yeah, we're done. All right, so much stuff on the iBank today. The face-eating pictures are up there. Oh, Three o'clock snack, girls with asses. But actually go back and see all the weekend that you've... Because they kept doing three o'clock snacks, God bless them. That's right. You like snacks? Well, you're going to get plenty of them. I got to look into this. We never promote a blonde versus rope swing. The Douglas uh, Adams audio. That's is great. We got the new Dark Knight trailer on there. Uh, Big Brother Brazil teaches you how to tan. You're just watching a girl, a hot Brazilian girl, putting tanning oil on. Mm hmm. Maybe we can get uh, Brazilian Julie into that. All right. 37 idiots and their sports tattoos. Uh, Hicks's big thing about Facebook ball, uh, baller gets jacked up. It's a great story. Oh, here's something you need to get, look into. 42 great books for your summer reading list. Did you look it over, Hicks? Yeah, I saw it. I went through. Was there one book on there that you haven't read that you've always wanted to? You can first your dunces. That's a good one. That's, uh, I'm going to read that this summer. It's nice to have a summer book, isn't it? It is. And it's different from your winter books. It's good. It's exciting. It's I got to look it back to. over. There's a couple that I haven't read either. Uh, Justin Bieber, there's pictures of him. He pulled the champagne, <laughs> started fucking up somebody. He got buck wild, basically. Oh, Chris has got a great question for you. Sure. Chris yeah, in Indiana. Well, Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, the, the the phone screener, by the way, is killing it. Hey, I listened to the show. Um, I was listening to the replay when you guys said the uh, Tito's vodka guy in. Yeah. And uh, my big question that I think everybody's wondering is, Hicks, did you drink your bottle of signed vodka? I'll tell you right now, it's still upstairs sealed. Wow. With that fucking... But you don't have the balls to take it home, do you? Oh, no, this will stay here. <laughs> if it if, if home, he goes home, you drink it. Yeah, if it goes home, it's going to get, I'll fucking, it'll be like whatever, like 10 o'clock at night of nothing really to do. And we're like, all right, maybe I'll just have a sip and just crack it. I'm going to let you go a week with keeping it here. Okay. But then the following week, you have to take it oh. home. And we go back and forth like that. <laughs> 
just until you finally think I'm tired of taking it back and forth. I'm just going to drink it <laughs> and end this stupid thing with Ron. Once you get fucked up. Oh, so much stuff up. The um, well, we're gonna have great prizes for your Father's Day stuff. You can win your Father's Day prize on here. We'll make that announcement tomorrow. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton is up, and three different game days of three o'clock snacks. Beautiful, beautiful women. Thanks everybody for being involved today. Um, and that's the end of my show. Donk. If you missed any or all of it, or you crave the comfort of listening to sounds that are familiar to you, that'll bring you back to your childhood earlier today, check out the Ron and Fez replay. Weekdays at 1 a.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Pacific. XM 105, Sirius 206. The Opie Anthony Channel.